You know what, folks? I've been yelling. I've been shouting to the to the rafters, to the hills, to the hilltops, to the mountains, to the sky, to the clouds, to Jesus himself up above. I've been shouting and yelling and letting everybody hear exactly what my feelings are about what's going on in the world today with racism and masks and the ugly mask of racism itself being torn from the face of whites everywhere as they sob to themselves and wonder why they're losing control of this country, this this universe, this planet. Uh, which is not really true. Not everybody's like that. I, I want to think that everybody's good. Don't you want to think everybody's good? Don't you want to think to yourself, you know what? People are good inherently. Some people are good just because all of the fucking bad people are running everything now and all of the bad people are doing all the bad stuff. That's that's nothing that we can say will continue, right? Won't, won't there be someone who comes along and sweeps it? Won't there be a Superman figure? Is there anybody in red and blue pajamas who can swoop in and fuck everybody up? I promise to hide all the green rocks. And I know I see Superman is boring and I've, I've probably talked in other shows about things I wanted to have happen to him in movies that you might remember. And it didn't seem wholesome exactly. And I understand that, but that was only from a screenwriting standpoint. That was, that was in a movie of Superman. I'm rooting for a Superman to show up in real life. Some ultra super nerdy fucking glasses wearing idiot who comes from another goddamn planet and gets raised in Kansas. And then he wakes up and goes, Hey man, I'm stronger than fucking anybody. Why don't I just throw all of the racists in a jail? Wouldn't that be fun? Take them to the fortress of solitude. Make, make them sleep on ice as cold as the blood in their veins. When they see a minority and they cross the street and clutch their purse, please get rid of these racist Superman. Where are you? How weird would that be if they made like a real Superman, like a superhero movie, but the the villains they battled were the like in the old, because that's what they had to do in the old days. You, know, you ever see the old Superman TV show? There was no fucking Brainiac. There was no uh, Lex Luthor. In the old Superman TV show, he was fighting like fucking Greg the Mobster or guys who like hijacked a train. Like there was, it was like, it was a waste of Superman's talents, quite frankly. But now I've done, I've come back around. I, we did a 180. We went from sp- uh, Superman beating up normal people. And going, how dare you run uh, a gambling ring in my town or whatever the fuck he did. And and then we went ahead and said, you know what? What if Superman instead had to fly so fast he turned the world backwards? And then he banged Lois Lane and he dropped his glasses in a fire. Like, that's perfect, right? That's what he should be doing all the time anyway. You're thinking to yourself. But now I, I pivot from that. We went 180. I go further 180 back to 360 where fucking Superman fights regular dudes. Make Make me a Superman movie that's like Dark Knight. Remember where Batman went to fucking Hong Kong and he grabbed a dude and then he fucking came back to Gotham City and the Joker was there, but the Joker was still not like supernatural and Two-Face also wasn't. He wanted to be just getting his, you know, acid in his face, whatever the fuck, or a bomb blast. However they fucking handled it in that movie. What if Superman just had to fight dudes? Like just dudes who were just jerks, like racists or white supremacists or fucking idiots. You know what I mean? That'd be great. I'd fucking love it. Cause that, cause it's like when the scene in Superman two, where Superman goes back to the diner to gain revenge on the guy who beat him up when he was Clark Kent, which seems fucking now when you think about it, it's great. All right. When you see that scene, it's fucking awesome. There's a scene where Superman gives away his powers because he wants to fuck Lois Lane. Perfect. Great. Uh, And she's like, well, I kind of wanted to fuck you on a cloud. And he's like, what? How dare you? And he, you know, a Lois and he adjusts his glasses and she's like, well, now you're kind of nerdy, man. I liked Superman because you were like fucking super strong and you could bang me on the space shuttle if you wanted to. That'd be fucking great. You could fly me to Africa. We could fuck in a jungle. Let's do this. But now you're Clark Kent. Now we got a fucking your bullshit reporter apartment. That's not fun for anybody. So, uh, so Superman gives away his powers in Superman two, and then he shows up at a diner 
and he gets beaten up by a trucker who's who was a guy who I think it was Dick Warlock actually I think is the actor who was a uh, a favorite of John Carpenter I could be completely wrong but if I, I'm remembering it I may be misremembering the 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 Dick Warlock role in Superman two might not have even been Dick Warlock I got no idea but it's a dude who I think I'd seen on Dragnet and being a henchman and stuff like that he's one of those dudes a character guy so for some reason. He's a tough guy and he beats up Clark Kent. He just whips the shit out of him. And Clark Kent's just like, wow, that sucks. I like being Superman when I could fuck up dudes like that, even though he would never deign to fight Dick Warlock if he was fucking Superman, right? So sure enough, instead, he winds up uh, going and then he goes back to the fucking Fortress of Solitude. And then he has the reversal happen and he had Neil before Zod and he throws the cellophane for no good reason whatsoever. It's the dumbest moment moment in any any superhero movie ever made. And I love Superman, too. But when Superman throws a hefty bag right off of his chest that looks like a Superman S and it catches somebody in cellophane and they fall into like a hole, it's the fucking weird. You're like, what? How did that even, who wrote that in there? Is that a Richard Donner thing? It might've been a Richard Donner thing. I have no idea. Uh, But whoever wrote that into the script, huge mistake. Superman doesn't need weapons, doesn't need fancy gadgets, doesn't have a goddamn utility belt. He wears his red and blue costume and his fuck, you know what his powers are? The fact that he's stronger than anybody in the fucking universe and he will fuck you up unless you're Darkseid or whoever the fuck killed him in in the comic books. But still. So Superman then gets his powers back, right? And he beats up uh, General Zod and the chick and uh, and General Zod's gigantic Richard Keel looking buddy with the facial hair throws him into a cellophane bag and uh, and fucks everybody up there at the Fortress of Solitude. And then he's like, da, 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 run, da, da. And he brings the like roof back to the White House. And he's like, I'll never desert you again, uh, President Joe. And he puts the roof on. And then you're like, all right, well, this is a pretty good ending. But then he goes, you know what? Uh... I'm Superman and certainly I'm stronger than anybody in the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm truth, justice, and maybe even the American way. But however, uh, I still have a bit of a bit of a vengeful, vengeful streak inside of me. So Superman as Clark Kent goes back to the diner. Now think about this. Superman knows that he's the toughest guy on the planet. Like, you know, not even on the planet in the universe. He's not even tough. It's like Superman. I wouldn't even say Superman was tough. He's just fucking strong. Like he's the strongest dude. He's a fucking alien. He's easy. He's a spaceship guy, right? So he's super strong. He doesn't even have muscles. Like, really? He's just 6'4", fucking 230, looking fucking trim and gorgeous. Christopher Reeve looking amazing. Spit curl and fucking baby blues. And uh, and so he, he he reemerges after being Superman, literally lifts the roof of the White House and puts it back on to go, I'll never desert you again, Mr. President. Sorry about that in America and the world. I left for because I wanted to get some fucking tang like a dope. I wanted to get fucking face first into some gupper and I gave up my powers like a dope. Uh, so, but now I'm back. Certainly I'm here. I'm red. I'm blue. I'm ready to take care of business. The big blue boy scout. Thank you. But hold on a second. First, uh, I'm going to go beat up a trucker. I'm, I'm going to get some revenge because again, Superman could not have lived with himself. He couldn't have slept if he knew that he took an ass open from that guy and didn't give it back. And I, and, and I got to admit that's, that's what we needed in Superman in other movies. We needed a vengeful Superman. We needed a Superman who was like, you know what? Uh, I can't let this guy think that he got over on me because just, just in case in 15 years down the line, if Superman gives away his identity. He's like, hey, man, I'm really Clark Kent, and this is what I look like with glasses on. Dick Warlock's having mashed potatoes in a diner, and he goes, I fucked that guy up like 10 years ago. Ha ha! I kicked the shit out of Superman. So Superman obviously can't let that happen. So in even though he's Superman, even though he could literally break the planet in half like an egg and make a fucking center of the earth omelet into the biggest frying pan you could ever fucking imagine, even though he could grab the moon and the earth and clank them together like fucking balls in the hand of Captain Queeg as he testifies on a goddamn jury stand. 
Uh, he's super strong. He can do all of those things. And yet, and yet, and yet he's not, he's not going to give Dick Warlock a pass. And he dresses up as Clark Kent. He goes back to the fucking roadside diner. And, uh, and also here's another thing. Let me ask you this. Did he, did he happen to show up on the day that Dick Warlock was there or, or is Superman using his Superman powers to stalk Dick Warlock the entire fucking time and then make sure, cause he could have, look, he, he's Superman. Okay. We know this. He could have gone to Dick Warlock's house any fucking time he wanted and destroyed him. Like he could have just fucking murdered him in his sleep. He could have beat him up in his foyer. He could have done, he could have fucking run his truck off the road just with a gust of breath. He's fucking Superman, man. He's got heat vision. He's got all sorts of dumb shit. So he could have fucking ruined this guy. But instead of that, for maximum revenge factor, Superman fucking, he stalks this cat. He finds out where he lives. He watches his movements. And then he waits for him to go to the very diner where he humiliated Clark Kent. And he shows up in his Clark Kent disguise, Superman does. And then he fucks this guy up in front of everybody. Fucks him up in front of the, the guy behind the counter, the cook, the fucking waitress. Everybody else is in the room because they're and they all roll their eyes. They're like, oh, great. This guy's back to get his shit pecked in. And then he's like, no, fuck that. I'm going to smoke Dick Warlock in front of everybody. It's going to be hilarious. I'm also going to bust your pinball machine up. I'm going to pay for it because I'm Superman. You don't know that, but I have a ton of fucking money, even though I have a reporter's fucking salary. Uh, and also, by the way, that scene has one of my favorite things in the world in it. It's it's uh, it's, you know, Superman comes in and he basically calls out Dick Warlock. And, uh, and there's a great camera. The framing of it is so perfect. I've talked about this on here. I, I, I'm before I, I must have, cause it's one of my favorite things in a movie. Yeah, it's just the framing is Dick Warlock sitting at the counter and a cook leans in like, you know, not his whole body. He just leans in and he's like, come on, Tommy, I just had to play the play, pay the play, get the place fixed up or something like that. And fucking Dick Warlock grabs the guy's face and shoves him out of frame. It's, it's one of my favorite. It's, it's such a such a stupid three stooges move. Like it makes zero sense at all that that would happen. And yet, and yet there it was happening in front of your very eyes. Um, and then Superman whips this guy and just throws him into a pinball machine and fucks him up. See, that's what we need. We need Superman to come back and beat up racists. We need Superman to come back. What if Superman came back and he like marched with black lives matter? How fucking awesome would that be? And everybody would like, be like, uh, yeah, well, Superman, you're an alien, too, and we hate you, too. And he'd be like, okay, great. And then he would just like go, and go hurricane hippo holler, whatever the fuck, or hippo hurricane holler, and he would just blow all of the racists away. He, he would blow them from, from uh, Hollywood to Cucamonga, Rancho Cucamonga. Do that. Just blow these racists away, man. Or he would scoop them up. And, and uh, in a centrifuge by spinning like real fast, like flying in a circle, and they would all go up in like a tornado and be like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ah, and they wouldn't know what the fuck to do. And they'd piss themselves and their Hawaiian shirts would be stained with vomit as they vomited on themselves because Spider-Man or Superman spun them super fast. Uh, the Hawaiian shirt thing. I don't fucking get it. I don't get any of these idiots. I don't, I don't get, I don't get the world. I don't understand what the fuck is happening with people. I don't, I don't, uh, and that's, and that's just me, you know, this, and here's the thing. Okay. Um, I, I've, I've been shouting about it now for weeks and I, and I wonder if, uh, you know, I don't, I look, I'm not doing any good certainly because who does any good by talking into a microphone and going, well, here's the thing. Here's how I feel about racism. Why I, I mean, if I'm changing somebody's mind, good. I don't think that I am particularly talking about fucking Superman for 75 minutes, but still, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, cause I don't. You know, I sit here and I want to open up the microphone and I'm, I'm like, oh, I'll talk to you guys about what the fuck is going on in the world. And then I'm like, but it's, it's, I'm, aren't you just full of, I, cause I look, man, if I haven't fixed it by now, I remember I told you about a month ago. I'm like, Hey, I thought I was going to fix racism. I didn't, uh, I thought I was going to fix the mask thing. If anything, I made it fucking worse. This is, this isn't even a fucking joke. The, the, 
the mask thing has just gotten worse in fucking California where they've gone ahead and put out a thing where, uh, and this is totally true. It was a story in the LA times yesterday. Uh, Californians, Southern Californians, this is embrace yourselves because this is beautiful. Uh, you know, I pointed, I, I talked about Florida and Texas and, uh, and Arizona last week. And I was like, these fuckheads, what a bunch of fucking clowns. Um, there's clowns everywhere, man. There's clowns to the left of me, clowns to the right. And here I am stuck in the middle with you telling you about these fucking clowns who won't wear a goddamn mask. I'm just covering my face and hoping not to goddamn die. Because in California, this is totally true. And it said this was the headline in the story. Uh, Californians tired of the virus. They've, they've just decided they're tired of hearing about it. And they're going to go outside and, and, uh, and not wear a mask and just go to the beach and do it, whatever. And the, and it's funny because the governor is like, yeah, no, everybody in the state has to wear a fucking mask. And the mayors are like, hey, we're going to close the beaches. And everybody's like, we don't care. We're going outside and stop us. And and I and this isn't even about, you know, dumb white supremacist fuckheads anymore or people with howitzers or whatever the fuck who are like, yeah, America, it's everybody, man. I went to the fucking store again. I uh, just ran up because I had to grab something and uh, not a mask in sight on the street. People walking their dogs, people talking in my fucking apartment building. People sit and they every night now they sit outside. I don't know if they're just touching base or they're all becoming friends. And there's people that I like. There's, you know, I genuinely like some of my neighbors. I don't really talk to them very much, but um, but they're outside and they're sitting around a table with wine and no fucking masks. And, and, and they looked to be fairly socially distanced, I guess. Uh, two of them are a couple, so they could be, I, you know, I don't give a fuck. Like I, 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 I saw somewhere where someone was like, yeah, man, I haven't kissed my wife since March or something like that. Or, and I'm like, what the fuck? I, I look, I, I, if I had anybody here, I would, I would just be face deep in them all the fucking time. Because again, I got to figure that that person's okay. Right. Uh, we're all sharing, we're sharing the same air. We're in the same building. We're in the same fucking room. I mean, I understand if you want to go to a bar and pick somebody up and fuck them in a car or anything like that, that's a mistake. But if you, if you got a wife or a, or a girlfriend or somebody, uh, cause it was, it was in the story in the paper. It was a guy in fucking like Iowa. And it was a story about how some people take it seriously, even in these, you know, that's the angle now. It's like, cause everybody in Iowa is a fuckhead. So they have to find like the seven people who like believe in masks. And this one dude is like, I've been very cautious. I haven't even kissed my wife since March. And I, you know what I hear when I hear that? I hear guy who doesn't love his wife. That's what I hear. That's all I hear. Marriage that's on the rocks and they can't wait to fucking split up. They're waiting, just waiting for the quarantine. Both of them literally down in a, in a fucking, uh, uh, in a stance at a fucking starting line and a guy with a gun and they each have a suitcase. And as soon as they go, Hey, germs cured. And they just both sprint in the opposite direction from one another. I mean, you've just got to be hating quarantine and yourself and your partner. If you can't, I mean, look, dude, are you kidding me? Who's not, who's not making out with their, that's all you would do. Like if I had somebody here, it's all I would do all day. I would, I would just eat and fuck. That's it. That's all you, that's why not? Let's do it, man. That's, I would just be sore from that. Um, but, but the guy, Iowa Phillip, he was like, nah, you know what? I'm not going to kiss my wife this whole panic. Cause it's safer. I think it's safer. That's a dude. Like, honestly, if anything, that sh- that wife needs to check his phone or something. Some bullshit's going on. Or that dude, he jumped the fence now and he might have found another friend or he's got a neighbor that he's meeting for blowjobs, bro back style. I have no fucking idea. 
Uh, I think I just said Brokeback. Did I make a new movie? Is that was that the gay version of Brokeback Mountain? How could there be a gayer version of Brokeback Mountain? Well, I mean the gay porn version, I guess. The gay porn version would be Brokeback Mountain. Oh, there you go. A couple of frat guys with hats who go up into the fucking mountains and stem the rose, as Randy Quaid said it. First time I ever heard that, and this is totally funny. First time I ever heard the phrase "stem the rose" is in Brokeback Mountain, and I knew exactly what he meant when he said it. It was so, because again, it's never, never heard it in my life. And it's vague enough to where you just kind of be like, I don't, what is that? No, no, no. The second he said stemming the rose, I knew exactly what he fucking meant. It's just, I don't know. It's just from years of reading pulpy porn with the word rosebud in it to describe anatomy. I don't fucking know. But the second he said stemming the rose, I was like, whoa, Quaid, look at him. Busted out the fucking uh, the vague shenanigans reference to, to what they're doing up there on the mountain because he saw them through fucking binoculars as he saw them go at it. And that was not a, a good thing. And then, you know, sure enough, then they're meeting in clandestine places. And then Jake Gyllenhaal is railing fucking Anne Hathaway. And then somebody's smelling a shirt later. Oh, that movie. Dude, that movie fucking wiped me out. I can't lie to you. That's not... It's a genius, brilliant, amazing fucking piece of work, but it is one of the most devastatingly sad movies I've ever seen. Just to know, again, it's just people who weren't allowed to be themselves, people who weren't allowed to live the life they wanted to live uh, because they were constantly in danger if they did. It's just a terrible thing, you know, and 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 that's and that's. You know, when you when you when you look at that and you think of it in that fashion, you 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 kind of have an appreciation for what's going on in the real world today and in the streets, this. This is these are people who just want to be treated normally. They want to just live their fucking lives. And I'm talking LGBTQ people. I'm talking fucking black people. I'm talking everybody who's been fucking held back or pushed down or told they weren't going to be getting the things that they wanted to get or they couldn't live the life they live. I mean, and and because we still see every fucking week we see videos. I just I see videos of I saw two fucking black dudes walking a dog in England. It's a clip and eight cops come out of nowhere. And, and the guy's filming them and he starts laughing. He's just like, this is ridiculous. Why are there eight fucking guys here? And they're like, well, why don't you count that? Because again, and also English cops trying to sound tough. Look, I mean, all right, maybe I'm not saying I want to fucking punch a British cop, but at the same fucking time, if you sound like Sweeney Todd, you, you got a lot less of a chance of me obeying your orders in the goddamn street, whatever vest you're wearing or whatever the fuck, because you don't have a gun. Eventually, you've got that stupid fucking uh, jello mold hat looking thing, right? Like, because you're a bobby with the fucking strap under your nose. And uh, and then you got what, a stick? I guess you got a stick if you're in Britain, right? They don't give them guns. They got to give them a stick. Um, But they but they still it was funny, though. They still had the attitude of American cops. Uh, what, what, what are you filming me? What are you doing here? What's your name? What's your name? Won't you tell me your name? And the guy's like, I don't have to tell you anything, man. Why are you fucking asking me? We're just walking a dog. And again, it's that thing where you fit the description. Oh, do I fit the description? What is it? What would that be? Breathing guy who doesn't look like you? Is that what it is? Would it would it have anything to do with being a black guy? I'm sure. I'm sure. What are you What are you looking for here? Uh, someone whose skin is anywhere from brown to dark brown, and anyone who's aged eight to eighty. I literally that's that's the police description of a black guy. You can find it on the side of any Parker Brothers fucking game book uh, uh, box that you can find in in your life. You know, any any Milton Bradley game, a fun for ages eight to 80. Well, that's the description that fucking cops get of black dudes. Hey, let's find a guy. You know, he's he's a black, uh, possibly brown, possibly dark brown. And he could be anywhere from eight to 80. And uh, and let's grant. I'll tell you what. And he will go to jail. He will go directly to jail. He will not pass. Go, motherfucker. That's not happening. Uh, and these dudes just swarmed up to fucking with vests and dumb shit. And it's I don't I don't. Every week, 
every week I, I come and I talk to you about it now. And, and, you know, I try to mix in requisite nonsense. And every week I keep thinking to myself, well, you know what? I'm going to do a different show or I, I'm going to, I'm going to put in an older show. We'll take a week off from this nonsense. And maybe I will hear, I don't, I don't know. I, Cause I don't know who's, who wants to hear it. Who's tired of it. Who can't stand it anymore. I don't, I, I believe me again, as I've said to you before, you remember fun wasn't fun, fun, Remember nonsense? Remember when I used to go to a movie and tell you about my experience in the movies? Now, inevitably, yes, there was somebody who, you know, knocked my popcorn out of my hand or somebody who looked at my dick at the urinal or whatever the fuck. And so then there was a that was a humorous tale that I could share with you. I could go ahead and tell you that story. Hey, this guy gave me the side eye and looked at my cock while I was fucking flagging it around at the goddamn urinal. Now, I'm not flagging it around. I'm taking a leak. But at the same fucking time, this guy peeks over and I see him with the sneak peek and then I got to confront him and look what's happening. And now we got a story. Now we got a stew cooking. That's what we got, baby. <laughs> you got potatoes. You make it fucking rolling. Go Carl Weathers on your ass. Um, so that that was fun. Or if I I went to remember when I'd go to restaurants and great eat great food. Oh my god. Or I'd go to some wrestling event. Or I'd see my friend Ahmad. Or I'd travel abroad. Remember when I traveled abroad? Or I'd actually go to cities and do a show of some kind. Or I'd or I'd be in an airport and the ATM wouldn't work and I wouldn't have any money. And I mean, uh, just all of these things. All of these things were grand and grandiose and great in the past. And now I can't leave my apartment and, and I don't have anything to, to bring you. That's like, Hey, other than rage, other than impotent rage about the fucking world and what the fuck is going on. I, I get, I consider and I went for a haircut. I went for a haircut like last week. Uh, and, and sure enough, the, and it, the way they work, it is like, uh, the haircut joint opened and you can't just walk in. Of course you have to. And so you, they wanted it. They were open for two weeks. They wanted you to make appointments online and you had to literally give them like four particular times that you were available. And then they would contact you and tell you what time worked for them. Because once they opened, they were besieged by the hair bear bunch. Like everybody had to go in there and get a fucking crew cut, whatever the fuck. And everybody's like, oh my God, look at me and my quarantine hair. Ha ha. And, and so I waited it out. I waited a couple weeks and then, uh, I went online and they weren't doing that anymore. And so it said call for an appointment. So I did. And I'm like, Hey man, is there a, I, I don't know how this works. Do I have to go to the website? And he's like, no man. He goes, uh, you can make an appointment on the phone for this week. And I said, all right, that's cool. I go, well, what, what? And he goes, well, I could actually get you in today at two 30. And I'm like, seriously? He goes, or one 30. I go, no man, two 30 is fine. Whatever you got to do. He goes, okay. Took my name. Uh, I was to go see the woman who cuts my hair, Debbie. She's great. And so, uh, I was like, and he's like, all right, you got to wear a mask. I said, no problem. He goes, when you get here, text us or call us from your car. Tell us you're here and we'll tell you when you can come to the door. When you come to the door, I'm going to take your temperature and then uh, you can you can hang out and I'll tell you when it's okay to come in and Debbie's ready for you. I said, great. So, uh, so I got ready to go. I was heading over there to get a fucking haircut. I parked, um, texted them. They were like, okay, hold tight. Okay, come to the door. Went to the door. Uh, there's our boy Mark and he's like, hi. And he took my temperature, which consisted of them pointing something at my forehead and hearing it beep, which is, I, I don't know, man. Is that scientific? Is that a fucking thing now? Maybe they've invented some crazy ass ray gun fucking thermometer deal. And I know you do that in the doctor's office. I just, I guess I just didn't think that Floyd's barbershop was going to have the, <laughs> the ultimate in medical technology. Like, and I guess it's better than them going here put this in your mouth and taking my, you know, oral temperature or even worse. Um, but when I was a kid, I remember there was a thing too. You could like lay on your forehead. That was like a strip. And then that would tell you what your temperature was. But I guess now they just shoot you with the gun, man. It makes a beeping noise. They look at it and, uh, you know, I always run kind of low 
Anyway, like I always run like a 98.2, a 97.9. I run the loop. I run WLUP. It's me and Lorelai. That's how it works. (laughs) Pow. Uh, (laughs) That's good. Maybe one person knows what I just did. Um, So... They, uh, they, they, they're going to shoot me with the fucking thing. And then he's like, all right, great. He checks my temperature. And he's like, all right, cool. He goes, do me a favor. Wait out here. Debbie will come and get you when she's ready. I said, great. So I, and I walked away from the door, you know, six feet away, eight feet away, whatever the fuck. And then some dude, he was wearing a mask, but he just barrels right past me. And he, and he just fucking grabs the door and and he opens the door and fucking Mark just goes, no, 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 no. Like, like this fucking panic. And the guy freezes. He goes, go outside. You have to, you have to text and ask me. And, you know, there's a, we told you on the phone. Whatever. And the guy's just like, and literally, I'm not kidding. The guy just goes, <sighs> fine. And he closes the door. And I'm like, dude, look. And, and, and I'm trying to be kind in my head, okay? We, we've all gone through it, all of us. We've all been trapped in our homes, in our apartments, um, we haven't been able to go to the store. We've had to wait in line in places. We've had to ask for permission to do things that normally we could just do. Our freedom of movement has been uh, checked, constricted, if you will. But there's a fucking reason for that, man. And there's a reason because the people inside the hair house, they don't want to die. And yeah, you got a mask on, but you come fucking barreling, no temperature, whatever the fuck. You just, it, there's rules, man. There's just, and they're just, they're the smallest rules you could ever imagine. It's not like they said, show up and queue up with everybody and you got to wait 18 minutes and then we'll tell everybody, we'll take anybody in with the letter G in their name. I mean, it's, it's not that, it's not that fucking complicated. Park, text, get told to come up. They take your temperature. Then they tell you to wait until the person's ready for you. And they're only taking like two people at a time to cut hair. And then, and you got to recognize, man, this is hard as fuck for the people in the hair house. This is hard as fuck for waiters and waitresses. You think waiters and waitresses want to fucking wait on anybody these days? No, they fucking don't. You know, I, I read an op-ed from a girl and she's like, hey, man, if you come to a restaurant, look, don't don't tease me about my mask. Don't ask me if you can take your mask off. Don't. I mean, there's you know, the rules. But I, I, I've talked about this before. It's like when I was bouncing and, and it's just everybody's got to fucking angle. Everybody's got to finagle. Everybody's got to go. What about this? What, what about that? What if I did this? Well, I'm not sick. Why? Well, but I don't like a mask. And, and you're just like, Jesus Christ. Where's Superman when you need him to fuck these people up? That's Superman just flying to town and just, like I said, just heat vision them. Oh, you have the coronavirus or you don't? Whatever the fuck. Well, let's do a heat check on you and just fucking blast them with the heat vision. Set their fucking pants on fire. Burn their shoes, whatever the fuck. Or just turn them to a crisp. If one guy's mouthing off, just let Superman show up and fry them and turn them into ash. And everybody else go, what the fuck, Superman? You just go, wear a mask. And he just flies off. People are scared to death. That's the thing is Superman, he could have swung his dick around a lot more than he did, man. All of a sudden he decided to be nice to everybody. He's like, I love this planet and I'm going to be great to everybody. Up, up and away. He should have just been like, hey man, fuck all you people. You know, there's that famous thing with Keith Carradine where he's or David Carradine on, uh, on Kill Bill 2 where he's like, hey man, you know, Clark Kent is, is Superman's version of what he thinks a human is a soft fucking whiny pussy because he's the strongest fucking guy in the world. And he shows up and sees the rest of us look like that. Nebish is pushing our glasses up and acting fucking stupid. And, uh, 
And Superman should have done that. He should have asserted himself a whole lot more. That's another thing that in every fucking, you know, Superman is Richard Pryor is Will Ferrell. They always talk to, they take this fucking alpha dude and they just fucking water him down because they think people want to relate to him or they, you know, we need to see Superman conflicted. He has to have a relationship where he's sad because a lady didn't buy him a fucking cucumber or whatever the fuck. And no, 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 no. Just let, just once let's get a Superman who's like fucking Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man through who's walking around like fucking goth all emo or whatever the fuck with the bad haircut and his fucking collar popped up. Uh, but then they do shit like that too, where they turn Superman into a drunk. Like I think in Superman four, he's drunk or something and he's flicking peanuts through a window. <laughs> it's just like they, they have no fucking clue what to do with that guy. Cause again, he's fucking Superman. There's not much you can do with him because he can fucking do anything. He can fuck up the whole goddamn world. So let's make a movie where Superman's like evil, but not like evil, like where he's flicking peanuts through a fucking window. Let's make him evil where he's like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to kill everybody in Missouri. <laughs> he just fucking, he just flies over Missouri and he blo- he does a fucking breath tornado. And then anybody who's left, he just fucking scours with heat vision, <laughs> fucking super breath, the whole fucking nine. And then if there's even, he, he gets it down to like one last person in Missouri and he flies down and, and the person's like, Oh my God, Superman, you have no idea what's happened here. And he goes, yeah, I did. I fucking did it. And he snapped that guy's neck. He flies off the fucking fortress of solitude and has a fucking sandwich. <laughs> That's what I want. I want a fucking evil Superman that takes care of business. I want an evil Superman that comes to my fucking hairstylist. Tell the guy who fucking sighed in his mask. Because it's nothing. You're sighing in a mask? The guy's wearing a mask and he's like, <sighs> I'm like, well, good for you, buddy. You just fucking deep breathed in your own goddamn face. That's fucking grim. Grim with a G. A capital fucking G-R-M. But they said to him, no, no, you can't come in. And he's like, <sighs> and he fucking closes the door and he backs off. And he just kind of, he looks at me like I'm going to nod and sympathize. And I just, I just fucking looked at him like, dude, don't, don't try to reel me into your fucking bullshit. I'm not going to back you up on this. You're wrong. These people don't want to be here. They don't want to be working in restaurants. They'll be working, making haircuts. The only reason they're here is because unemployment fucking jacked them off. Told them they had to go to fucking work. They kicked them off the dole. They're not trying to help anybody in this fucking country. And and that's and they're not trying to help anybody going forward at all, at fucking all. You know, I've heard these rumors. Everybody's like, you know, unemployment's going to get extended. You know, they're going to do that $600 a week, probably until the end of December. You know, they're going to try to take care. Look, they can't. They can't just let people lose their houses. They can't let just people not pay their rent or lose their apartments. I mean, evictions will go crazy. You think it's crazy now in the street. Well, wait till the end of July, beginning of August, when people start losing their unemployment and they start losing their apartments because they can't pay their rent. It's going to be a fucking zoo outside. So they would never let that happen. They're going to go ahead and give everybody the 600 bucks. No, no, I, uh, I don't think they are. Sadly, I, I really think that they think that you guys are going to, that we're all going to buckle up. I suppose, uh, rich people are like, well, you know, you should, you should go back to work. America. They always say that too, where they're like, Americans really want to get back to work. Oh, do they do people want to just go out and coat themselves in a, in a, a slick germ covering? Is that what they want to fucking do? Nobody wants to battle the germ. Nobody wants to go out and bring somebody chicken fingers and possibly die. Fuck all that, man. Don't tell me that people need to get back to work. I saw some meme going around when someone was like, I would rather earn a dollar than have someone give me two. And it was a guy with an American flag. And it's like, that's some bullshit, man. That's some shit you tell the the working people so they go out and they fucking die. Because you pretend that they're like, oh, oh, you, it's that stick to that Americans have. You grab yourself by the bootstraps and you pick yourself up. It's the American dream. Meanwhile, 17 people in the country own fucking everything. And they tell you to go back to fucking work and they won't help you. They won't give you unemployment or they won't give you a, a, any anything in this 
pandemic and they won't. I mean, I'm, I'm reading stories that in like fucking uh, uh, might have been Finland or somewhere, but they had homeless people there and they gave them apartments. They gave them apartments and they had therapists come and talk to them like for free and they helped them out. And, and these people lived there and they 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 led normal lives. They wound up getting jobs. They took care of themselves. They went and they, they dealt with the free therapy because that's what you do, man. You fucking help people. And, and, and it's funny in America, you're like, ah, oh, it's a fucking hippie thing. That's bullshit. Blah, blah. You know, fuck. I, I read that some fucking drug company invented. They've got a coronavirus pill. I don't think it's a fucking vaccine or whatever. It's a treatment, whatever the fuck. And and again, look, I know what I've read. But again, all news sources, you got to doubt whomever the fuck. I mean, I trust you trust everybody. Everybody has their own fucking agenda. But the story I read said that they could charge seven bucks a pill and they would still make a profit. And uh, they went, okay, that's a pretty good idea. But here's a better idea. What if we charged $3,000 a pill? Would we still make a profit? Because I'll tell you what, here's the thing. You're telling us that if we charge $7 a pill, then that would be good. And that will be okay. And and that'll take care of people. And we'll still make a profit. However, I, and, and again, hear us out. What if instead of $7, we charged $3,000 a dose? Because that sounds to us like we'd still make a profit and people would get the pill. It's still a win-win for everybody. Well, what about the people who can't afford the $3,000? No, no, you're not listening to us. $3,000, we make a lot more profit than $7 a pill. Yes, that's that's understood. But what we're saying to you is that maybe people can't afford that. But, 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 but we don't we don't need to hear who we're not. Look, we're not here to debate who can afford what we're here to tell you. That your idea of charging $7 a pill to make a profit is a good one. However, we have a we have some people who work for us. They We call them a brain trust. And they've decided that if we charged, rather than $7, if we charged $3,000 a pill, we would make even more profit. Like, like filthy, disgusting profit. Like, holy fuck, that duck has a fucking swimming pool full of gold doubloons profit. You know what we're talking about here? We're talking about rap video profit where, where Takashi six, nine is carrying money around. Like it's like, it's a fucking uh, like 15 pizzas at a frat party. We're talking about that kind of money. That's what we want to bring in. Don't you think that's a better idea for us and our three shareholders to somehow make $80 billion off of the death of the universe? Wouldn't that be great? If there's a way as this planet burns itself out, like a fucking lit match that's down to the nub and about to set your fingers ablaze. Don't you think before it went out for its final, we made some more money. Wouldn't that be great? You fucking dicks. Who do they think they are? They're not even human. You're not even human. If you think that, so when I said people are talking about this rumor where they're like, hey, man, the 600 bucks, it's like, you know, it's going to keep going. I don't think it is because just uh, just the other day I saw a story. They were saying that some Washington insiders said that Trump's going to give a speech this week. And uh, here's his plan to, to address the pandemic because they're, you know, they're launching uh, Trump. Uh, I don't know, 6.0. I don't know what the fuck it is. 6.66. I don't fucking know, man. All I know is they're trying to, uh, I, I guess, get his campaign going in the right way because he's getting, he's literally, you never see him walk. Oh, he's all like leaned forward, weird, like a fucking tower of Pisa or whatever the fuck. Why? Well, I think I figured out why that is. 
Um, I used to think it was because Pence had his head up Trump's ass, but no, it's because Biden's got his foot up Trump's ass and, and, uh, which is not a good sign either because that old man is going to fucking topple over and hit his head on something and be like, ah, my malarkey's coming right out of my skull bank. Uh, which is not good. We don't want Biden to do that. Just again, I like when Biden comes out once a week and he sounds coherent for like 15 minutes and then they're like, all right, just throw a blanket over him, get him the fuck out of here. Let's put him, let's put him back in the chamber. You know, you know, you know who he is like both of them. I'd like, I want to see, you ever see the scene in Mad Max where they're trying to fucking, uh, the, the fucking, the guy who you who says you can ride to Valhalla all shiny and chrome. He gives him the speech. Then he opens the fucking water pipe and they have to build him before he goes and talks to everybody. Cause he's a frail old man. They got to put makeup on him. They got to put a mask on him. They got to put like this body armor that looks like a skeleton on him and whatever the fuck, because otherwise they just see that they were talking to a fucking uh, like like the old man from Family Guy. Like, that's the guy who runs the fucking world now. Hey, sh- hey, everybody. I can't even do the voice. But he fucking... So they create him out of whole cloth. They build him, in, and then he runs over, and he's like, Valhalla, and everybody's like, this guy's strong. Well, that's that's both of these ass fucks, both Trump and Biden. Trump, Trump's got to sit down. He's got to get out of his fucking filthy makeup robe and get makeup sprayed all over his fucking head. He gets a spray tan, which has got to be disgusting. Uh, and then And then Biden... You know, they, they throw a mask on him, like I said, which is good because then you don't have to see that confused look. He, he, you know, in a, with a mask on, he looks like he's going to rob a train. If he takes the mask off, he looks like he gets a discounted ticket for the train. That's who Biden is. It's just it's just 77. The guy's 77. The guy's a brown banana. We're going to vote a brown banana into office. And, and get this. The brown banana is the best choice. That's the fucking worst. That that's I, I, we're voting for the brown banana and hoping we're hoping it doesn't rot by November. Jesus Christ, all of us have our fingers crossed because we can't have the gorilla with AIDS ruin this country anymore. So we got to vote for the brown banana. Jesus fuck. They keep him down out of the fucking sunlight. He's in a darkened basement just watching F troop. They roll him out to do a speech and talk about his wife and whatever the fuck. But then they fucking gas him up, but he does, he, he'll give, like, they just ran some ad this week. Like, there's, I, first of all, I, I wouldn't, I, all right. <laughs> if you don't know who you're voting for yet, you're the stupidest person in the world. And I, I will say that confidently. Who, who the fuck? Kenny Bone. That's who it was. Kenny Bone with the red sweater. Who's like, I don't know. I, I, some of me likes a Trump and then some of me likes Hillary. I do, do, do. I can't decide. Ken Bone. What? I mean, if you don't, if you don't see, because again, look, they're both, I, in my opinion, they're, they're both a mess. It, you're, you're choosing between being eaten by a tiger or being eaten by a tiger, but first the tiger fucks you or fucks your wife in front of you and makes you watch. You know what I mean? Like you got to pick that. It's not even the lesser of two evils. You just, you just got to pick an evil at this point. I mean, they're, but, but, but Trump is a fuckhead who's, who's, who's ruining the planet. And it's not even like a thing. Like, do you realize right now you can't leave this country? My Canadian friends, I miss you so badly. And I thought I actually thought to myself, like, maybe I should flee up there for because we used to do Schmittypalooza or Schmittapalooza every fucking summer, the last four summers, three summers. Uh, I've been making beats for like three summers. Got to be three summers. Uh, so I'm going to go up there. I'm like, maybe I can go hide in Canada for a while just to visit my friends for the summer. Uh, I'm sure Ken wouldn't mind if I was at his house for a fucking month. Look at me inviting myself. Um, but I can't go because Canada closed the border. And I can't go to Europe because Europe closed the border. I can't, I can't go. Americans, we're, we're, we're stuck. 
we're here, man. You can't leave. Like, even as a joke, I've been talking about moving. I'm like, well, I could move to Ireland or I could move to Canada or I could go somewhere. Um, no, I'm not allowed out. I can't bail. We're like Rorschach, man. We were in the fucking prison. And I got to tell you, you got, you know, I'm not locked up in here with you. You're locked up in here with me, motherfuckers. We can't go anywhere. We're, we're, you know who we are? Every one of us. We're all, we're all snake Plissken, man. And we got that thing fucking Lee Van Cleef shot that thing in our fucking neck and it's going to blow up in November if we don't make the right fucking choice. But until then, we got to avoid the crazies in the Duke of fucking New York. Jesus, fuck. It's terrible, man. We can't leave the country. We're stuck. Can't even go to Mexico. But fucking Trump with the, I'm going to build a wall. I'm going to build a wall. And finally, after three and a half years, Mexico went, you know what? Fuck this. We'll build the wall. None of you fucking crazy assholes are coming over here. Jesus Christ. They have, they have a drug cartel. That that literally like like goes to the mayor's house and wakes him up with bullets every morning instead of an alarm clock. Like he, it's a standing offer he has with the cartel. Hey guys, I gotta be up tomorrow at eight. Could you come over and shoot the place up about seven forty-five? Ah, no problem. They do that. He wakes up. He has a pop tart. Whatever the fuck. Because that's that country is just parts of it are rampant lawlessness. Uh, and yet, and yet, we can't even go there. If I said I wanted to go to fucking Mexico and hang out with the cartel, can't do it. Sorry, not allowed. Nope. Mexico built the wall. <laughs> because, you know why? Because because they didn't want to let us over there because they let us over there. Then they'd pay for it. That's the thing. Once you let the Americans in the country now, we're just we're just seen as we're just we're just. We're the virus. And I don't think I'm making any grand pronouncement there. I mean, everybody else, they realize that we are, if the world is a host, if the world is a host, we are now the virus. Everybody looks at it as such. And, and here we still squabble and fight and brawl and, and, and there's no help coming. I wish there was, I don't, I don't. And I mean, I don't even know what the fuck help is again. I'm 52 years old. I'm chasing a comedy dream still for fuck's sake. So I don't know what the fuck I'm looking for or waiting for or hoping for. Uh, but real people are out there and they've got kids and they've got lives and they're trying to figure out what the fuck is going to happen. And like I said, people keep thinking, oh man, that 600, they're going to extend it. They have to, they have to, it's the only way they have to. I mean, I know people in Pennsylvania who haven't received any unemployment yet. They can't get anybody on the fucking phone, Florida too. They can't get anybody on the phone. And, and, and then sure enough, Trump is trying to put together whatever the fuck he's calling it. Keep America great. Make America great again. Whatever the fuck he's saying, whatever his new slogan is, uh, he's he's putting it together. And they said he's going to give a speech this week about about the pandemic. And his message is going to be the virus is with us, but we need to live with it. That's astonishing. Like, like it doesn't surprise me. I'm like, I'm not surprised that these guys are unfeeling enough to basically go, ah, fuck it. What are you going to do? Remember what he said before? What do you got to lose? Eh, what do you got to lose? It's a fucking germ, right? Who cares? You get the fever. It's kind of like the flu. Remember? What do you got to lose? He's he's Erwin Mainway. I've talked about it in every goddamn show. He's this he's this fucking he's just a, a huckster fucking hiding behind the curtain waiting for Toto to bite his pant leg asshole who just has some weird fake booming voice and then he's exposed for what he really is. It's like Jesus fucking Christ. The virus is with us, but we need to live with it. You've got to be fucking kidding me, man. And what a terrible choice. We need to live with it. Live with what? Live live with the risk of dying from the virus? What a poor choice of words. If you would have said the virus is with us, but we have to avoid it at all costs. Duck and weave. Everybody, do, do me a favor. Rope-a-dope this fucking thing. You see that germ coming, look the other way. No, it's it's... I mean... 
He's going to make people go to work. He's going to make them open up. He's going to do all that. Like they might give some small business loans to try to bail some people out, but the individual is fucking dead. And, and I mean, dead, they're just fucking throwing them in. And like I said, the Californians, they're tired of the virus. They're going out. People are going to this and that. And you know, one of the, I think one of the reasons they opened bars and shit first was because they wanted to get people acclimated to going out. So they go, okay, you can go have a couple of fucking highballs. Now go back to work. Hey, you want to have a fucking gimlet and a Rob Roy? That's cool. But then Monday morning, chop, fucking chop back on the line. And, uh, and I guess people are cool with that. They're like, all right, yeah, if I can go to the beach and then cook out a fucking wiener or something, if I can grill some sausages on Sunday, I'll happily be back at the office on Monday. And, uh, and I'll breathe in whatever fucking diseased goddamn ping pong ball covered in Velcro. that's going to stick to my lungs and kill me for the rest of my fucking life germ. You got rolling at the office because God knows we absolutely need to sell fucking plumbing supplies <laughs> during a pandemic. Oh, there are people out there that need toilet brushes. Don't kid yourself. I need to get there and get on the phones. Oh, dude, I'll tell you what. Let me say, hey, look, people are dying. We can't get past it. The virus is with us, but we got to live with it. And there might be people dying, but there are also people who need carpet. So grab a book of fucking samples and get on the fucking horn. Start selling some shag to somebody who can fucking afford it. Tell them, hey, look, you know, after a wake, oftentimes people will have guests in their home. Wouldn't you like to impress them with a wonderful new shag rug? After your husband succumbs to this disease because he had to go to work because the government wouldn't help him, wouldn't you like to have his den as a final tribute to him when the wake occurs and people come over and bring all of their bereavement casseroles? Wouldn't you like to have shag carpeting so thick people sink into it and they go, ah, you know who would have loved this? Roger. Oh, you know who loved deep shag pile? Fucking Roger. What a shame that the germ got him before we got the new rug in the den. Get fucked. Let's have some manicotti, everybody. And remember Roger, who would have loved this fucking rug. What a shame that we've installed it just after his wake so everybody else can walk in it and remember what a good guy he was because he had to go fucking back to work because I don't know if you've heard the virus is with us, but we need to live with it. Or in the case of Roger, we need to not live with it. But his family still needs carpet. Get on the fucking phone. <laughs> Dude. They don't give a fuck. And uh, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know. That's something I worry about now every week. Something I worry about is that I'm going to I'm gonna talk and you're just guys going to be like, yes, we get it. But I got no solutions. That's the thing. I don't know. I can't fuck. What am I going to do? Rally? I'm not, I'm not fucking some cult leader is going to change anything. I mean, I, all I can do is comment on it. And what I see is not good. Like I said, now I was saying that people are undecided. I don't fucking respect them at all. Anybody's like, well, I... Uh, I don't know, man, you know, Biden, he's got some issues and, uh, you know, Trump, I haven't really liked anything he did ever since 1987, but you know, he status quo, you know, you don't want too much upheaval and oh my God, run, don't walk to your nearest gun shop and buy a fucking lead salad and swallow it at high fucking speed. If you can't make a choice between these two motherfuckers, you've got to be kidding me. You've got you. Uh, you know, I tell you, I don't like Biden because, you know, he he introduced a crime bill in 1994. Uh, that was 26 years ago. And uh, I don't know if you saw yesterday, uh, Trump designed a T-shirt that has Nazi propaganda on, or at least a nod to Nazi propaganda. There's no 
as as symbol, but it's implied certainly, and and there's no swastika. But if you squint, you know maybe. And that shirt came out just yesterday. But again, Biden he plagiarized in 1984, and that's that's not good because you know in 1984 uh, Donald Trump was trying his best to fuck Morgan Fairchild every time he went out of his goddamn house, and then instead he just wound up knuckle deep in various fourth place finishers in the Miss Hawaiian Tropic contests that seemed to sprout up every goddamn week in the eighties. Uh, and, and that's, you know, he was busy doing that while Biden was plagiarized. I don't, I can't decide who to, but I, you know, I'm on the fence really, you know, because, because Biden, you know, he supported the Iraq, uh, the war and which of course a million people died, which is never good. But, you know, Trump presently has people in cages, including a small boy named Paco, who he keeps in the white house as a uh, trophy, if you will, to show off to everyone claiming that he was caught trying to run across the border. And he keeps him as a warning to any other Latinxes who might want to stumble into the office. And, uh, yeah, that was just yesterday. Again, I heard about that, but you know, Biden was mean to somebody in 1985 and, uh, you know, his hair looked stupid. Did you ever see those? Uh, well, dude, fuck you. Fuck off, man. How can you be this way? How are you undecided? You can't be undecided. Look, it's bad enough. 40% of them support fucking fuck neck. I, that, that's just stupid. But the undecided people drive me crazy. Pick a fucking lane. That, that's... Because if you're undecided about this, you're undecided about everything. That's like if aliens invade you. Be like, well, you know, the aliens are eating my family. I saw them actually slice into my aunt, and her liver popped out and fell on the floor. Um, but you know, the, we we kind of we've had this coming for a while. You know, we haven't been very nice to people. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yes, I get it. The human race is fucked. But if the aliens come, you got to pick a side, and the side is us. Or else you're going to get fucking eaten and have your skull displayed in a trophy room for the predators to find when the aliens are hunting them, you fucking dicks. Ah, oh, Christ. Who's undecided? And my favorite part about anybody who's undecided, because they said that there's like undecided voters. I'm like, all right, good. And then they said Trump and Biden both are like running commercials. Like Biden, I saw this commercial this week, and it looked like one of those Dennis Leary Ford truck commercials. Uh, the presidency is a tough job and you got to be a tough man to do it, but you got to be compassionate as well as tough. You got to be a walking fist who sometimes steals words from somebody. Yeah, it's like, oh, man. <clears throat> so that's Biden. And then Trump's running his ads. Why are you running ads? Who the fuck sees a who, who the fuck supporting Biden then sees a because, again, one of Trump's ads this week was like, this is the most racist thing I've ever heard. And it was something Joe Biden said in 1990, whatever the fuck. But they ran a news clip. It was hosted by Sam Donaldson. Sam Donaldson. He's got to be dead four years. I, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm wish casting. I don't know. I'm guessing that that dude's got to be dead four fucking years. And he was old when he was on this clip. But they think that like anybody who looks at that clip and just goes, Oh, yeah, no, I, I hate Biden now. I can't believe he said that in 1992. Again, 28 years ago or whatever the fuck. Meanwhile, yesterday, Trump is at Mount Rushmore and he, he literally like fucking he pulled out a tomahawk and went woo, 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 in front of everybody. It's like, what are you doing, you dick? He's he's he doesn't give a fuck about anybody. 
Who's undecided? Who's on the goddamn fence? Do me a favor. If you're on the fence, walk back and forth like it's a shooting gallery and let me put two behind your fucking ear so they rattle around in your skull and you go fucking down. We can throw you into a hole in the fucking ground. We don't have to worry about your vote in the fall. Jesus. And again, because again, I'm no Biden guy. Like, I'm not like, woohoo. Yeah, it's about time. Jolton Joe stepped up to the microphone and forgot his name twice. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I cannot wait to vote for this bowl of plain cream of wheat. Oh, it's going to be so gorgeous. But also at this point, I would much rather have a bowl of cream of wheat than a bowl of ghost pepper chili with live scorpions in it. That's the fucking thing. I, I, I don't want to wake up in the morning and go, man, what did the fucking sentient chili do? Did he send an army of scorpions to kill minorities? What the fuck did he do today? Instead, I'd rather have the cream of wheat. Let that cream of wheat sit on the counter for four years and not bother anybody. Do whatever the fuck you can. And look, we don't want status quo either. I, I, want, I want black people to get what they deserve. I want this fucking world up. up I want upheaval. I want change. But also, I want I want it all to happen while I'm hiding in my house, man. I don't want to be out there fighting the good fight. I don't want to be in Children of Men. I want to watch Children of Men. That's great. I would love, like I told you, when the fucking tsunami hit Japan, I paused the DVR and I went out and got a pizza. And I came home and I ate a pizza as I watched the destruction of a nation that I'd always wanted to visit. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> fucking stupid. Because that's it. I just I want to be like one of those fucking weird ass supervillains who hides in his fucking chalet in the mountains and watches every, all of his evil plans come to fruition. And he just and he has a hot chocolate and he has to decide between mini marshmallows or one big fucking marshmallow. Who cares? He, all of his plans are going. He's making it work. His henchmen are everything's going fucking tick fucking talk. He doesn't have to worry about a goddamn thing. That's it. I just I just want to I want to sit to let the. Just let the trains run on time. Let all the fucking bad shit happen. But I want to watch it from a distance. There's a song by Tool called Vicarious. And, it, and he says that. He's like, I, you know, I want to watch the world die from a good, safe distance. And I, I tell you, I feel that every fucking day, man. Every day. I don't, I don't understand the, the, because again, also, if you're undecided, man, I don't understand how you can watch this guy like yesterday, like I gave the speech at fucking in South Dakota under Mount Rushmore. And, and then he's, he's just naming people. He's like, Hey, Thomas Jefferson. And also don't forget about Frank Sinatra. And I'm like, wait, what, what, what are you, what are you doing? He's just got thick makeup all over his face. He's, he's slurring words. He's just, it's just, if your uncle acted like that at Thanksgiving, you would roll your eyes and go watch the second half of the football game downstairs. You would skip pie. If Trump was your uncle on Thanksgiving, you would skip pie. And that is a fucking indictment because pie on Thanksgiving day is a goddamn home run. It's a grand slam. It culminates the perfect meal. You've had turkey and sweet potatoes and fucking cranberries and some corn and maybe some Brussels sprouts and some hot rolls and just you've, you've, you've stuffed yourself to the gills, but you've left room for pie because you know just on the on the left side, underneath your heart, there's a small shelf behind your ribcage that's ready for pie. Or just just on the other side of your liver, you can tie you possibly tuck some pie in there. You're excited for it. And then your uncle stands up and starts giving a racist speech and then mentioning Frank Sinatra and slurring his words and says totalitarian patatarabaterism. And then you just go, I gotta get the fuck out of here. This dude just spit in the butter. I'm leaving. And you go downstairs. 
You watch the end of the fucking Lions game down there because you're like, oh, man, I can't fucking do this. What the fuck? I can't watch him fucking collapse because you don't want to. You know why? Because you want to tell him, hey, you know, you can't be racist and spit in the butter. That's fucking not good. But then you're like, that's my uncle. He bought me shoes once. It's such a weird fucking thing. I keep seeing that thing now. Everybody's like, engage the racists in your family. You've got to go ahead and step right up to them and talk a bunch of shit. And, uh, and I'm lucky. I did not have an inherently racist family. Did some people occasionally let slip with something? Yeah, of course they did. Because it's fucking Chicago, for fuck's sake. And, uh, and I grew up in a, in a you know, blue-collar fucking family on my dad's side and my mom's side. You know, fucking Chicago Irish, whatever the fuck. But... But now, you know, you're just like, all right, look, I guess you, I, uh, we all have to, it's the hardest thing. It's just fucking hard. It's very difficult. If, if you're, if you're fucking, you know, you're you're a guy you grew up with or something like that, if they're racist, you just want to go, Hey man, shut the fuck up. You got to stop. You know, I've started, I've started doing this. Like I, uh, with a guy, there's, you know, on Facebook, like somebody said something and I just typed, I'm just like, hey, we, we're trying to reframe this now. You know what I mean? Try to be gentle or nice about it. And then I just, I wind up pulling out. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I told you last week, I've done the math, you know, because nobody ever is, is ever going to listen to you. Nobody's, you know, you tell them to not be racist or whatever, put on a mask and everybody's got their fucking line in the sand. And you just, instead, I'd, like I said, you just want to, I want to watch children of men. I don't want to be in children of men. But if you if you someone in your family acted like Trump, you'd just you'd fucking leave. You'd run away and go hide in another room of the house because you're like, I can't. I can't. I fucking can't. He's doing that speech yesterday in fucking Mount Rushmore. And he's and he's and then and then they release. He's bitching. He's trying to make it about statues. Now the left is going to take your statues away. Who, and like I said last week, who the fuck gives a flying fuck about statues? And then they caught fucking Epstein's girlfriend now. And they're like, oh, and some people are like, oh, you know what? Uh, that guy knew Trump. And then other people are like, ha ha. Well, so what? He knew Bill Clinton, too. Well, what do you think about that? And you know what I think about that? If Bill Clinton fucked an underage kid, throw him in the same cage as fucking Trump. Who gives a fuck? If you fuck kids, go to jail. The end. See, that's the thing is I don't we, we don't play this home team bullshit. Nobody's like, yeah, all right, we got to preserve the Clintons, but get Trump. No, man, anybody who fucked a kid on Epstein Island or on the fucking plane or hung out with that mushroom dick motherfucker, you, you need to you need to throw them all into a deep fucking hole forever, forever. Don't think that because I vote a certain way or I, I, I think Trump's a cunt that I'm going to be like, yeah, no, but the Clintons, I, you know, I. I, I, if it's, if they did what everybody said that, that he did, if he went to Epstein Island and he fucked a bunch of young girls, then throw him in the fucking clink too, man. Reopen the Hague, bring all these fuckers out there, throw Bush over there for the fucking Iraq war, put it, just put, put everybody on trial. I don't, I frog march the fucking lot of them. Everything's falling apart anyway. That's why it's dangerous to do this show sometimes. Like I literally in my head, I'm like, all right, you know, I should put up an old show because there's nonsense. There's fun and frivolity in the old shows. There's, there's all these adventures. Remember when we had adventures, we'd go back and forth. We'd go out to a place and something would happen and uh, wackiness would ensue. I would leave my apartment and wackiness would ensue. Wasn't that great? Wasn't that fun? Now I, I sit in my apartment and I view the world through the prism of a fucking 12 inch screen or a fucking, or even better, a fucking five inch screen. And, uh, and I just, and I just see it all souring like milk in the sun. 
And and I just I fucking statues again with the statues. And now Trump's like, I'm going to I'm going to build a statue park like he's mad that, that the statues were torn down. So now he's like, I'm going to build a statue park. And then he's like, he with the token people. He's like, well, and we'll have uh, Martin Luther King will be in there and 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 Booker T. Washington, which, by the way, Trump thinks he was in Welcome Back, Cotter. Trump has no fucking idea who Booker T. Washington is. He thinks he's the high there guy and he's going to build a statue for him. He's going to go MLK, Booker T. Washington, uh, Harriet Tubman. I think her name was thrown around. Uh, what was the, there was one other name. What is it? The one they always go. It's MLK. Booker T. Washington, and and there was one other black guy where I was just like, of course, you know, it's like, that's fine. But then, like, maybe George Washington Carver, I don't remember. But the names I remembered were, because it's always, he'll be like, we're going to put in all the greatest Americans, like Martin Luther King and Thomas Jefferson and uh, Antonin Scalia. Whoa, 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 hold on. Wait a second. Am I, am I to believe you're equating... Uh, Martin Luther King with Antonin Scalia. That's is that am I to believe you when you say that? Is that truthful on its face or are you trolling and being an asshole? What are you doing? Just yes, I cannot wait. We're going to put in all the fantastic Amelia Earhart and uh, of course the the always brilliant Billy Graham. Whoa, hold on a second. Wait a minute. This this. They think they can appease you with certain guys, and then they sneak in these other dudes like Billy Graham and Antonin Scalia, and it's like, oh, so is this, what What are these statues of? Great Americans. All right, in whose idea are these great Americans? I mean, look, Jefferson's up for debate these days, all right, because he fucked 800 slaves, so I, I, nobody's like, oh, yeah, cool, Jefferson. I mean, d- dude, people want to take Jefferson off money, all right? People, people are thinking about redoing the nickel. And you're going to make a fucking statue out of this guy, which is essentially a tall nickel. Is that what you're going for? You're going to make a tall nickel of this fucking guy. There are people out there who are like Jefferson fucked a million slaves. Terrible guy. Certainly he wrote the Declaration of Independence. But however, he was dipping his pen in, uh, in, in, in slave blood when he signed it. And you're going to go ahead and build a statue. We want to, we want to remove this guy from the nickel and you're basically going to make a tall nickel. Is that what you're telling us? And Antonin Scalia, that's the one I can't believe. And then, then there were just, then he's just firing off names. Then it's like, hey, and also uh, Betsy Ross. Who the fuck? Because we've been told Betsy Ross soda flag. All right, that's, that's all I've been told. I couldn't tell you fuck all about Betsy Ross. Did she give the best head in Williamsburg? I have no fucking idea what she did. She's the seamstress who made the flag. And I don't think she designed it, did she? Didn't they just say to her, here's a bunch of stars and stripes and fucking make this shit? Didn't John Adams draw this shit in the dirt? I don't fucking know. But if Betsy Ross, if she she, she sewed the flag, I think, and you're going to make a statue of her? And then he's like, yes, and also Davy Crockett. What? <laughs> what? What are you doing? Are you eight years old? This is what eight-year-old Trump would have thought. What if there was a statue of Davy Crockett with his fancy hat as he was exploring the universe? Shut the fuck up. Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone. These these were black and white TV shows. These weren't even real people. Yes, they were real people. They fought a bear, whatever the fuck. I've heard the song, but so what? A statue of Davy Crockett, a statue of Daniel Boone, of Betsy fucking Ross. Are you just are you just pulling every name from Schoolhouse Rock? Are you just gonna? Why don't you make a statue of a bill? Yes, only a bill, and then place it up on Capitol Hill. Well, then we'll walk to the White House and we'll stand in a line with a lot of other people to see the bill you want to sign. 
And if you sign it, it'll be a statue of a law. How I hope and pray that you will. But today it is still just a statue of fucking Bill. You fucking dope. What a fucking clown. I'm going to make a statue park. Wee. Just, just a child. All the big meanies in the street are tearing down the statues. So I'm going to make, well, I'm going to make a statue park with a lock on the gate. What do you got to lose? And, and, and our, my favorite guy, Antonin Scalia, is going to be there. He doesn't know a fucking thing about Antonin Scalia. He just knows that all the guys at the fucking uh, uh, the judge factory are telling him that when he has to approve guys or nominate guys, that Scalia was their model. He doesn't give a fuck about Scalia. And I get news for you. If Scalia was around, like, I, I, don't, I don't love Scalia. He's a fucking demon. But that guy would have spit in Trump's face. He, he's because Scalia was a fucking... Scalia struck me as the type of dude as he would pass all sorts of shit at the Supreme Court all day. He'd go home and then in like one of those old fucking mob movies, he'd go into his own room in his house and he'd get out a cat of nine tails and he'd whip himself on the back because he looked at a woman when he walked out of the building. Like that's the fucking guy Scalia was. And so he would see Trump and just see him as this fucking used handkerchief of a man. And he would just be like, that guy is a fucking mess. I want nothing to do with that fucking asshole. But because all the guys at the Federalist or whatever the fuck said, oh, no, this is this is our bulldozer. The idiots think he's great. So he's going to bring in all these fucking these judges and shit. And then Scalia would go along with it. But at the same fucking time, Scalia wouldn't have an ounce of fucking respect for that dude. Neither would Billy Graham, really. None of these none of these people. Nobody. Everybody is in tune to just what a fucking failure this guy is. What a fucking gold-plated fool, empty fucking envelope, ridiculous fucking used pillowcase this fucking guy is. They all know. But because he's fooled enough of the people and they'll all fucking chant his goddamn name, they'll use him as a cudgel to get the shit done they want to get done. It's insane. I don't know what's happened to this world. I don't know what's happened to this stupid fucking country. And I know, and I know people are like, oh, what? It's America. And I know it's the 4th of July. I'm doing this on the 4th of July. It's the morning of the 4th. And, uh, and so fucking what? I, I, you know, it just, it just appears to me that the experiment is over. You know, you've had black people marching in the street now for a month. And, uh, there is progress being made in LA. They took some money out of the cops budget and other places it's happening. And that's all great news. However, a lot of it they're doing is this weird superficial bullshit. Like when they take Aunt Jemima off the syrup bottle and they and they thought black people were going to be like, yay, let's go home. No, 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 that's that's not why we're out here. Uh, and then they start and then all of a sudden all the dumb announcements starts happening where they're like, hey, realtors are going to stop using the term master bedrooms because it alludes to slavery and plantation houses. And black guys are like, um, all right, well, can we defund the police or possibly arrest the cops who, who murdered Breonna Taylor? Wait, get this. Uh, we're going to take the Golden Girls show where they wore mud packs on their face. We're going to take that off the air because it was kind of close to blackface. We know how you guys get upset about that. So we're going to take it right off the air. Fantastic. Um, will you be arresting the people who murdered Breonna Taylor in her home? Do you think you'll be doing that? We will arrest the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor. Well, wait, we haven't even gotten to the best part yet. The NFL says it's okay for guys to kneel now. And, and get this. Week one, we're going to play uh, th- that that song you guys like. All right, you're gonna have to narrow that down. Oh, the uh, what the Black National Anthem? We were told it was the Black National Anthem. It's called uh, um, "Lift Every 
something and something. You mean lift every voice and sing? That's it. Exactly. Can you believe it? First week, we're going to play it. It's going to be so great. That's going to, and then we're okay, right? You guys like us again? Yay, football. Wee. No kneeling after that, though. Wait, what, 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 what? These weird appeasements, these, these, again, Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima, they, that, they were, they were symptoms. And it's good that you're getting rid of them. But, but, but this has nothing to do with what people are in the streets about. And make no mistake, people are still in the streets. Every day here in Los Angeles, there's there's at least eight to ten different demonstrations and uprisings and marches and and in Seattle and in Portland and in Chicago. And, and you know, I saw a terrible clip last night in Seattle. A dude fucking drove again. He drove his car into a group of protesters on the highway. And, and he I mean, he drove it. He was going like fucking 40 miles an hour, man. And I, I, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen as this. These dudes who show up with these AR-15s and their fucking Hawaiian shirts and guys who are just driving into crowds of people. Because I'll tell you what, I, I go online like and I see, you know, when they talk about taking away Aunt Jemima or they're talking about the Golden Girls or any of these other dumb shit. Like when they name, like, you know, when I, I, I go to profootballtalk.com or to any sports site for any discussion, which is stupid, or Twitter, which is just a sewer. And they're like, hey, you know, the NFL has offered to play the, uh, the that lift every voice and sing, which is the Black National Anthem the first week. And of course, every, these guys just come swooping in. Oh, can we kneel during that? Will you kneel? Because if you don't kneel, it's you're full of shit. Because you said you were trying to draw attention to your cause by kneeling during the national anthem. But if this is your national anthem, then this is the perfect time to kneel because it'll totally draw attention to your cause. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. First, for, first of all, nobody said they weren't kneeling. Like nobody even knows if there's even going to be a season because there's a killer fucking germ murdering people because you fuckheads won't wear masks. But of course, you have to come right out of the fucking woodwork right away. And go, what, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to kneel then? Are you going to kneel then? Huh? Is that what's going to happen? Just dude, I'm boycotting the NFL. I'm never watching the NFL again. I don't, who cares? What's the fucking point? But that's what I mean. It's this toxic fucking aggression of everybody. Just, just, I, I'm sure you saw that the Washington football team is going to change their name, or at least they're going to think long and hard about it. Now, my favorite part about this two days ago it was a story, and in the comment sections and on Twitter, everybody's like, they're never changing the name, bro. Fucking relax, man. Dan Snyder's never going to change the fucking name. Just quit being a fucking social justice warrior. Quit virtue signaling. Quit, quit being so fucking woke, man. You know, I, and they all run. There's one poll that the Washington Post ran in like 2016, and it said that some Native Americans weren't offended by the name of the of the team. And so these, that, these guys are dining out on that pole four years later like it's fucking Jesus himself sent it with loaves and fishes. And, and they're like, see, look, Native Americans don't mind. They don't care at all. And I'm like, oh, it's, man, it's a fucking lot more complicated than that. Because you know what? I'm a fan of the Chicago Blackhawks. I fucking love the name. I love the logo. I love the jersey. Um, but I just read an article that says that there is there's several uh, groups of Native Americans who, you know, they used to the Hawks used to give money and they used to do this outreach thing. And then another, a woman took over the organization and said, no, this is offensive. We don't want to do business with you. So basically, she doesn't she doesn't want to take the money. She wants them to change the name and the logo, period. And this article was was done very well with a both sides look at. Well, the Hawks do this for a lot of Native Americans and they've given money and they do what they can and outreach. And they weren't really named after Native Americans. They were named after uh, like the, a, a Black Hawk army squadron that the original owner of the team was in. 
But then the wife made the logo and she made a fucking gigantic hook nose Indian. And it's like, all right, well, whatever. I mean, if you look at the jerseys from the 40s, they're fucking awful. But then eventually they've come around to where they are the best hockey sweaters in the league. Bar none. They're the best uniform in the league. But the there, there are Native Americans who want to change that name. And so that's another thing. They talk about changing the Redskins name. and Everybody's like, oh, well, oh, oh if you're going to do that, you better change the Braves. You better change the Chiefs. You better change the Blackhawks. And people just go, okay. We'll change all of them. And everybody goes, wait a minute. Wait, what? No, no, no. Hold on a second. Because they, well, I guess you're going to come for the fighting Irish next. I guess you're going to come for the Seminoles at Florida State. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. It's just, it's just, you think, you think, what you think you're doing, like you think you're just going ahead and, and like snuffing out the fuse. Like, ha ha. Here's the thing. If you take out Redskins, you got to take out all these names. And everybody goes, cool. That's a good idea. And then these guys go, no. It's like, because they didn't realize that people want systemic change. But I go, I go and I read online. And again, it's because everybody's gotten their fucking, their PhD. You know what I mean? And, and, and instead of a doctorate, it stands for Twitter. You, you, and they did, they've all got their fucking PhD and, and they all have to analyze and they all have their quip and they all have their fun. Like, you know, there's stories yesterday about, because the first thing that happened was FedEx told them, uh, hey, you should probably think about changing the name. And they play in FedEx stadiums. So that'll get your attention. And these guys in the comments are like, hey, FedEx, give it up. You know what? I'm, and you know what? I'm going to send all my stuff with UPS now. Take that. I'm boycotting FedEx. I'm going to go with UPS. And besides, they're never going to change the fucking name. Dan Snyder's a billionaire. He doesn't have to fucking do anything you say. And then Nike takes all of the Washington Redskins gear out of their fucking store. And they go, hey, we're not going to sell any of this. And we think you should change the name. And, and, that's, and that's the worst. All these fucking dudes show up with the fucking oh nike yeah well they own slaves nike owns slaves in china it's been proven they have sweatshops they keep children uh they actually own them they buy them from their families like all these people and you're just like dudes i you're just you're cutting your own balls off at the argument here man what the fuck are you talking about my favorite was my favorite thing that i read <laughs> this is totally true <laughs> this dude this dude wrote uh oh Uh, Now Nike cares about offending people. Tell that to the Uyghurs in China. (laughs) I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. Hail to the R-Skins 2015. Are you trying to tell me that you care about the Uyghurs in China? What are you what are you doing about the plight of the Uyghur Muslims in China and and the slave labor camps that they've been held in? Are you are you dedicating your life to changing that? You know, when only by by the way, when the Redskins aren't playing. When you know during when football season's here, you're watching football. Clearly, hail to the R-Skins 2015. But let me ask you this. When when football season ends, and for you guys, it always ends before the playoffs because the skins fucking blow. But when that happens, do you immediately pivot? And you start concentrating on helping the unfortunate Uyghur Muslims in fucking China? Who types that shit with a straight fucking face? And also, who thinks that's a gotcha in a comment board on a fucking, on, on, on fucking profootballtalk.com? You come out of nowhere with, uh, oh, oh yeah, tell, you care about, now you care about human rights, huh, Nike? Tell that to the Uyghurs in China. You, you had fashioned like the guy, like the board of directors at Nike going, I. That one cut deep, our skins 2015 or hail to the R skins, whatever the fuck. You your your in-depth knowledge of the complex situation that the Uyghur Muslims find themselves in in China. Oh, I 
I don't think we could possibly hold a candle to you in your knowledge. Hail to the Arskins 2015. What the fuck? And then, you know, the Redskins get basically get bullied into this. All right, there's no doubt. They don't want to change the fucking name, but the world is changing, man. And you better change with it or you're going to lose some fucking money. Because then Pepsi got on board and said, hey, yeah, you might want to change the fucking name. All in one day. In one day, they got FedEx. In the span of 24 hours, FedEx, Nike, and Pepsi all said, hey, you might want to think about doing this. And so then the Redskins put out a press release. And uh, if you don't know anything about Dan Snyder and the Redskins, uh, first of all, they're a terrible team because he's a terrible owner. But also, he's just a bad guy. Dan Snyder's just a petty, uh, awful, tiny man. And so he puts out a uh, press release. And in the press release, he concedes that, yes, we will now go ahead and take a look at changing the name of our team. Uh, we will go ahead and, and take it under advisement now. We will try to figure out a different, you know, what, what direction we're going to go in. But in this press release... He uses the word Redskins 10 times. Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington Redskins, Ron Rivera, owner of the, a coach of the Washington Redskins from wet Russian Redskins wires at Redskins.com and Redskins field on Redskins Avenue. Redskins. It's just, it's, you know, he did it to be a petty fuck. He shoehorned it in and, and 10 times he used the word Redskins just to be a fucking dripping cunt. And then, at the end, they they have the coach say, uh, "We're going to we're going to look into this this serious fashion, whatever the fuck." And then he says to uh, to keep honoring what what, what was it? We'll we'll undertake the mission of honoring Native Americans and our military. I I I don't even know why the why the fuck are the military involved? Like, what does that have to do with anything? That's just you know what that is? That's just some bullshit motherfuckers who don't like what they're having to do wrapping themselves in the flag. That's it. That's why the, the NFL pays the military to fucking do flyovers. That's why the fucking the military does color guard bullshit at baseball games. It's just it's to normalize the military in your life. And I'm sure I sound like a fucking hippie ass Yahoo and you know, somewhere, somewhere, Jimmy Dore's putting out the bat signal for my rantings and nonsense, I'm sure. But I mean, I just, you know, they, it's their way, this, this, that, what a phrase, honoring Native Americans and our military. Well, Native Americans have been telling you since 1972, at the least, that they want the name changed. So that's 48 years, okay? But then honoring our military, what do the Washington Redskins do to honor our military other than go fucking five and 11 every single year. And, and what is that a tribute to our loss in Vietnam? I mean, honestly, what, what could you possibly call that? Oh Christ. But that's the tricks. That's the chicanery. That's the bullshit. Honor our military. No more master bedrooms. Hey, we'll take that chick. You don't like off the syrup. Oh, we're going to remove that Golden Girls show. Hey, you know that national anthem that you guys like? We're going to play that. That's right. You'll like that once or twice. We'll go ahead and and indulge that. Hey, we're going to build some cool-ass statues of Daniel Boone. What the fuck is that? 
I didn't even see the whole list. Like, I mean, it's Trump. So, I mean, there might be, hey, we're, oh, we're going to have amazing Americans. Daniel Boone will be there. Davy Crockett. Judge Mills Lane. Fantastic boxer and also a judge. Judge Judy. We honor all of our judges. Judge Judy will be there as well. Famous New York radio personality, Don Imus. He and I were very good friends when I lived in New York. Uh, again, oh, as I mentioned, Betsy Ross, needle and thread in hand. I cannot wait to see that statue. Also, TV's Hunter, Fred Dreyer. We will build a statue of him. He will be there as well. A great American, this gentleman, Antonin Scalia, uh, a judge who, quite frankly, if he was alive today, wouldn't spit on me if I were on fire because he would look at me as a terrible waste of human space. And yet, and yet, and yet I'm told I must honor him, and so I will. And, of course, a fantastic human being. Of course, I'm talking about the Hamburglar, uh, M- McDonald's beloved hamburger thief. We, we all love him. There will be a statue of him for all of us to enjoy. There will be a statue of Booberry, beloved serial ghost, whom everyone loves, who scares uh, the larger Frankenberry. It's it's a testimony to American might when we overcame odds in the beginning and we scared the British Empire. We will, of course, we cannot forget our African-American friends. We will have a fat Albert statue. You know, I once had dinner with Bill Cosby at Le Cirque. Did not see this coming. And yet, we will still have a statue for Fat Albert, as we remember Bill Cosby and his tremendous comedy and his wonderful creations, even as he uh, pays the price for something I don't care to get into. Uh, and, and we cannot forget our Native American friends, of course. So uh, we will have a statue of, of the beloved Tonto. Uh, you know him. He is a terrific example of the people we stole this country from. Tonto who comes to you and asks you one thing. Whenever you meet Tonto, what does he say to you? He looks you in the eyes. And Tonto always asks you the same question. How? (laughs) Fuck. I don't know, Tonto. Believe me, that's a fucking question every single person in America asks themselves every fucking time this guy opens his mouth. Fucking how? You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me on Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. I'm at Instagram and Snapchat at Mike40YOB. Yeah, that's true. I ain't going nowhere. I'm there. I'm there for the long haul. Find me at Instagram and Snapchat, please. Uh, our friend Ryan Dirks does the web stuff for this show. He's the coolest. We love him. Uh, he's at Facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Our friend uh, KC does all the YouTube stuff, or at least he loads the clips for me, and I appreciate that very much. Thank you, KC. I'm glad you thought of me. We'll probably hear more from KC later in the show, or at least about KC. And, of course, all the music and the uh, the artwork is handled by our great friend David Mex Hernandez. Uh, you can find him at Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and be his friend there. Wow, once you do that, you can go ahead and peruse his photographs, peruse all of his artwork, check out the cool stuff that he's got working, all the neat stuff that he's got on deck, all the uh, the paintings he's done for not only my page in the olden days, but also on the West Side 86 Jokers page. He does all the timeline photos for that. Uh, he does the YouTube artwork once a week, which is pretty cool, and I appreciate him for that. So uh, he does a ton of artwork, man. If you go, like I said, just go and become his friend at facebook.com slash David Mix Hernandez and scroll through all of his photos you'll find tons of artwork he's created, not just for me, uh, but for his closed page. He's got a closed page called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. You can check it out. He's got uh, 
He's got a, like, I think he's got, now he's got like a marble named after Martin Luther King. I don't know. I've seen all the uh, these things. They, they pass by me fleetingly, but he's got amazing artwork there. Uh, astonishing, uh, like a half naked chick. He's got a refrigerator. I think that's gay, or I think Crockbot is gay. I don't know. They're all there. Here's what you want to do. You want to join the page. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. You send him a request. He'll ask you some questions. You'll answer those. Then you're in the group. And then you're uh, and you're making memes. You're sharing memes. You're you're taking everybody apart and taking them out at the knees, man. Look at you, part of the cool kids. Go ahead and join the page. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Check out the artwork he does there. Check out the artwork he's done for me on my page. Also at the West Side 86 Jokers page. Um, and then think to yourself, you know what? I want him to do artwork for me. That's that's what would make my summer complete. If there was a way I could have this guy do artwork for me, that would be fantastic. And, uh, and that's exactly what you want him to do. And so you're going to go ahead and reach out to him. Like I've mentioned, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. You've seen the artwork he's done on Facebook, but also, uh, he can do oils. He can do watercolors. He can do your Facebook caricature. He can, he can do anything you want him to do. You'll want to go to his website though, and check out some of the other artwork. Cause like I said, you might see the stuff on Facebook and go, this is great. Uh, but I was thinking more along, along the lines of something, uh, maybe more, uh, uh, caricature driven, whatever the fuck the guy can do anything you need. Whatever you ask him to do. So go to Facebook.com slash David Mix Hernandez and be his friend there and you'll see the artwork he's done on Facebook. But if you go to his website, you get a completely different side of the man and see another thing he can do for you. And you can do that by going to artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. Greetings, fans of the 40-year-old boy. It's official. The Mike Schmidt Podcasting Network grows by one. On Wednesday, June 24th, Mike's buddy Max will be starring in his very own podcast. Yes, the rumors which he started are true. The Flem Cat Podcast. Flem Cat Podcast. Starring David Max Hernandez. Wednesday, June 24th. Available at Apple Podcasts. Come and be a part of a completely silly and infantile display of podcasting. Flemcat! Wednesday, June 24th. Y'all can spell phlegm, right? Oh, that's right. You heard it right there. In the voice of uh, doom, the voice of God, the voice beckoning you to listen. The Flem Cat Podcast is available now in the Apple Podcast Store. Go ahead and check it out. That's our good friend David Max Hernandez. Not only is he an art guy, not only is, a, is he a, a goddamn song guy, but he's gone ahead and become a podcast guy now. And it's available right now. The uh, The Flem Cat Podcast, P-L-P-H, hold on, P-H-L-E-G-M, The Flem Cat Podcast. Oh, my neighbors are making noise. Uh, Christ, I got to keep it down. You hear me, Ellen? Hold on, listen. Ah, we're spying. All right, no more spying. Uh, the Flumcat Podcast is available right now in the iTunes Store or the Apple Podcast Store, wherever the space is that you look for podcasts for Apple. That's where you're going to find the Flumcat Podcast. It's uh, it's David Hernandez. Look, if you love him here, you're going to really love him on his own show. Turning it up to ten, killing it with uh, with. Well, uh, look, I don't want to give things away. I don't want to be that guy. Why am I that guy? Go ahead and listen to the goddamn show. It's available now. Two episodes are available now, as a matter of fact. Uh, but you know that because you subscribed two weeks ago when I told you about it, for fuck's sake. Why am I even telling you about this? You don't need me anymore. 
You've, you've gone ahead and just taken the plunge into the Flem Cat podcast and bathe, you're bathing in phlegm right now as we speak, and I don't blame you. Uh, the Flem Cat podcast is available right now in the iTunes store. The brilliant David Mex Hernandez, my consigliere, my friend, my compadre, uh, my brother from another mother. He has been in my life for almost 40 years now. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, and, and he's an amazing renaissance man, crazy talented phlegm cat podcast available right now in the Apple store. Go check it out. Uh, he does amazing things and, uh, and I'm proud of him and I'm proud to be affiliated with him. Let's put it that way. I don't need to be proud of him. He doesn't give a fuck about that. Uh, but I'm proud to have him affiliated with me. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad to say that he's my friend and, and, uh, and he's really good at what he does. Makes me happy. Cool. Uh, sponsors. Well, we have them certainly. Uh, our great friend, Fearful Jesuit. Holy Lord, hold the phone, Chuck. Fearful Jesuit is back with another new paranoid strain. And now you're like, well, you're like new. What the fuck? Uh, it's new is a strong word. It's a completely new show. But here's what it is. I, 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 let me see if I can remember the way he does it. It's a recap show where they basically touch on all of the pod, uh, the uh, the conspiracy theories they've talked about in previous podcasts to kind of get you up to speed so then when the next show launches they're because they're look they're going into a new phase of the paranoid strain the monks they've left him they've gone on strike and so he's he's reconnoitering he and dana are trying to put out the show on their own the monks are no longer there to run the machinery uh so going forward they will it'll be it's just i'm excited to hear it too i think they're streamlining the show they're going to do different things i think it's going to come out more frequently i don't know look i i'm as i'm in the dark like you guys are but i know that i'm excited for it the Paranoid Strain podcast is available right now in the iTunes store. You can subscribe. You can write a note to tell Fearful Jesuit how much you love him in the show. Strain at gmail.com. Strain at gmail.com. Couldn't hurt if you told him that you like uh, the, the, the fact that you heard the show uh, here, that I, I led you into listening, and then you were like, oh, I love this show because I love Mike. Look how that worked out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, why am I bucking for credit? I don't need any goddamn credit. The man does the show. He kills it. You don't need to tell him that. And there's nothing worse than somebody going, Oh man, you know, I love your show because that guy said I should listen. No, I mean, it couldn't hurt if you mentioned me. Certainly. I want to make sure that I'm still a hitter in the eyes of the Jesuit. Um, but he's, uh, he's just doing good work on his own. You need to discover it. You need to subscribe. Here's the thing. You can go back and listen to all of the previous shows and then listen to this recap show. And he catches you up to speed on what all of those other shows are doing now. And it's funny, but with the world, the world's a fucking, it's just a, it's just a hellscape at this point, right? We all know that a roiling hell broth. Nobody likes it. Nobody cares for it. It's just a bad place right now in a lot of ways. As I've mentioned, we're trapped in our own country, for fuck's sake. Can't even leave. Can't go anywhere. Uh, so then I listen to the show, and like I said, it's a recap. Now, I will tell you this. In the very first minute of the show, uh, there's a reference to chemtrails. And I'm not, not going to lie to you. With, with white nationalists and boogaloo boys and Nazis and a fuckneck president and racism in the street rampant, trying to get fucking stripped and beat up cops. And when all these dumb fucking idiots, uh, cops hurting people, not getting fired, not getting punished. Um, I was wistful when I heard chemtrails. I, I was like so happy. I'm like, oh, chemtrails. Wasn't that a simpler time when that was something we had to worry about was lines of smoke in the sky or possibly vapor or whatever the fuck they thought it was. Mind control. Who cares? I that seems quaint. Bring it back, please. Bring back the flat earthers. 
I enjoyed them. I didn't have to worry about them because I knew they were just stupid and they thought the earth was flat. It wasn't going to hurt anybody. The chemtrails, nobody was putting on a Hawaiian shirt and threatening to shoot somebody because the chemtrails in the sky. Jesus fucking Christ, man. So in the first minute of the show, they mentioned chemtrails and it was like, ah, remember that? It was a simpler time when the show premiered. Uh, and then in the very opening of the show, get this, there's a guest appearance by Alex Jones. And, uh, and that had to cost a ton of cash. I don't know how the fuck they ponied up for him to be on the show, but he's there uh, in a quick soundbite, certainly, but it's enough to get you sucked into the show. Uh, and then we get to hear a cover of We Didn't Start the Fire with a bunch of words about con- uh, conspiracy theories. We get a reference to something called Jainism, which I guess is a, I suppose it's a religion. Um, and or or get this, you know, and uh, and instead of like singing like Ave Maria, you know what they sing? Jane's getting serious, Jane. And then they sing, Jane, I seen it all over. That's sung by uh, Jefferson Starship. Uh, let me tell you something about that song, Jane, by Jefferson Starship. The opening thirty seconds. Uh, I'm I'm back. I'm a freshman in high school right when I hear it. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in high school the second I hear that opening. It's got this keyboard riff. It, it puts me in. I mean, I'm serious. Like I can close my eyes and see the inside of my school. I don't know why. It's just it's one of those songs that absolutely yanks me back in time. Uh, Jefferson Starship Jane. Now, Jane's getting serious, Jane. That doesn't yank me back to high school, but it does put me in the mind of some Jainism, which I guess is a religion of some sort. Uh, and also get this in the beginning of the show. Not only do you hear Alex Jones, who who took a huge payout to come on this show, but also you discover who put the bump in the bump, a bump, a bump. And I know you're thinking to yourself, who was that man? You'd like to shake his hand because he made your baby fall in love with you got to listen to the show to find out exactly who it is they revisit the first episode they ever did uh wondering if hypotheses uh hold up they learn a whole lot of stuff about england uh which apparently sounds like america these days it's fucking terrible <laughs> then he says there's like a, a brief interview with a guy it's not really an interview so much as it is a monologue where this guy talks for about 18 minutes eh, it seems long uh but it seems like it's a podcast within a podcast this guy's going on and on about what's going on in england and also, this show was recorded in 2019, and it was supposed to air, but then 2020 spun off the fucking planet. So the way Jesuit worked it is you're getting the show he recorded like right at the end of 2019, but then he's dropping in with some June 2020 Jesuit knowledge, and he tells you, okay, well, this is happening, this is happening, that sort of thing. Um, he touches on the protocols of, of the elders of Zion, of course. We get more posse comitatus, sovereign citizen bullshit. Get to hear a guy get tased again. It's just look. It's the greatest hits of the sovereign citizens. Dude gets fucking tased. Angel Cruz tries to take over a bank. What the fuck is that about? I don't even know. Winston Shrout is on the run. We know this. Um, and, and Dana gives one of there are two things Dana says in this uh, in this podcast that could speak to uh, the world at large. Certainly they they do it to talk about conspiracy theories, but I think you could actually open up both of these statements and say that they qualify to talk about what's going on in the world, period, not just in conspiracy theory world. Um, And I quote, we know it's confusing. That's because it's dumb. Dana says that. I literally was like, yeah, okay. That sounds like what the fuck is happening out in the street right now. 
again, the chemtrails and the, and the contrails. Um, he says it's tough to research these things because YouTube starts giving you more conspiracy bullshit about chemtrails, whatever the fuck. Talks about terrorism. Uh, we get to hear a lot more from Alex Jones. We hear his deposition where he's being asked in questions about Sandy Hook. Um, we find out the terrorism might have been a false flag. Measles might have been a false flag. Um, El Paso. Uh, it, it, you know, this guy talks about El Paso and all these chicken shit motherfuckers. They always do this thing where they're like, I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. I'm not saying people didn't die. I'm, I'm not saying. But what I'm, I'm just saying, it, it's, it seems like it was a false flag and I haven't seen a dead guy. But I'm just saying, but I'm not saying that because they don't want to get sued. Because they know that the shit that they're saying is fucking stupid and full of lies. And yet, they continue to advance their dumb fucking theories. And uh, and then they there's a, these fucking cute, these dudes that are like, the hordes of chaos have been released and Satan's pastors have been activated. You're just like, shut the fuck up, you idiots. So, I'm exhausted by this. Like, I... I I think I told you I saw a guy who trolled last week who created an account in the name of somebody's dad to troll him. And just today, uh, there's a writer named Maggie Sirota who's putting up hate mail that she's been getting. And people are writing her like paragraphs of hate mail. What the fuck? What is wrong with people, dude? And it's funny. So the second quote that I, I said, Dana's got two quotes. The second one is they play Rush Limbaugh. Uh, again, the same deal talking about a conspiracy theory, but also going, I'm not saying I didn't say that, but I'm saying this and, and it ends. And then Dana just goes, what a piece of shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's again, you could say that about the world as well. We know it's confusing. That's because it's dumb and what a piece of shit. Uh, they talk about nine 11. You get, you get Dana's dramatic reading of, of, of a scientific report. And there are quotation marks around scientific report, uh, QAnon, flat earth, all of these things. We, you know, uh, everything's touched on. He gives you the recap on where they're at now. Um, you learn about Rocco's basilisk. I don't even want to tell you. You got to listen to the show to find out what the fuck that is. Sounds like Rolo Tomasi, but it's not. And uh, I will tell you this when you listen to the show. So again, it's the paranoid strain podcast available right now in the iTunes store. Go ahead and pick it up. Uh, it's just, it's just classic Jesuit getting it done along with the lovely and talented Danny Unicorn. And um, and this is a r- 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 recap. And they, you know, like I said, they're kind of pivoting toward a different show going forward. It's going to be the same conspiracy stuff, but I think they're streamlining it a little bit. Look, I don't know. They don't fucking clue me in. I don't go to the goddamn meetings. I'm not allowed. Because I, I would show up and they'd be like, you know what? We know it's confusing. That's because it's dumb. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um but you can subscribe and listen to the old shows. Listen to this one. Just catch up and you'll uh, you'll never be lost because the genius of Jesuit and the brilliance of Dana will usher you through, hold your hand and make it work for you. And I will tell you this. If you listen to this show, I take that back. When you listen to this show, uh, listen all the way to the end because there's uh, there's a, there's some there's something fun uh, at the end. It's a button. We call it a button in the business. So there's a fun little button at the end of this show. Go ahead and listen to that. And look, it's five seconds long. It's not going to change your life. But what the fuck? You're already investing in chemtrails and bullshit. So why not listen for a button? Well, is that so wrong? What are you better than the button? Are you trying to tell me you're better than the button? Fuck that, man. Don't even try to swing at me like you're better than the goddamn button. I won't hear of it. 
Paranoid Strain Podcast available right now in the iTunes store. Go ahead and check it out. Download it. Subscribe, please. That would be fantastic. I would love it if you did. And make sure you let Jesuit know you heard from us that it's a great show and uh, he'll be thrilled. And, uh, and we're glad to have them sponsoring us. It's a brilliant show. Glad to be affiliated with it. Our friend Rob Matsushita, of course, has his YouTube channel, as I've told you about in previous weeks. As you know, he's doing uh, videos. For it. You can find them at YouTube.com slash Stay Home 2020. YouTube.com slash Stay Home 2020. And uh, he's released two new videos this week, two stories this week on Stay Home. One, an online computer game is somewhat interrupted by some real life drama. And in the second video, an online, or I'm sorry, an alien abduction gets a little personal. So an online computer game is somewhat interrupted by some real life drama and an alien abduction gets a little personal, two different uh, videos. And apparently I, you know, I think I told you I did some work for Rob and I think that premieres next week, youtube.com slash stay home 2020. You can check it out right now. Check out all of the videos that he's got posted and, uh, And the one I'm in will be up next week. Am I good in it? No, clearly I'm not, but I'm in it. And you guys support me in the show, right? So go watch me fumfer through whatever. And please hope that he surrounded me with enough talent to make it work. Uh, (laughs) How's that for selling a fucking show? Uh, Go watch all the other clips. They're fucking amazing. And uh, and when you get to my clip, uh, skip through me. Watch everybody else because they're really good, but I'm a mess. Uh, So please do that. YouTube.com slash stay home 2020. Our good friend, Rob Matsushita. I think I told you I did Tea with Alice, the Alice Frazier podcast. You can go ahead and download that if you would in the iTunes store and everywhere else you get podcasts. I think I told you I wrote that uh, that essay for Becky Pettigo. Uh, well, nobody cares. Why am I even telling you about that? Nobody wants to. If you were going to read it, you read it last week. Nobody needs to know now. What the fuck am I trying to trick you into doing that kind of stuff for? Um, hey, Cameo exists. You guys know this, right? Cameo, you can hire me to call your friends and neighbors, call your cousins and aunts. I can call your best friend or your worst enemy. Tell them you love them. Tell them you hate them. I don't care, man. I got all the fucking time in the world. And uh, I used to get 15 bucks, but now I think I get 11. I got to do some research on that because, um, as you know, all of the money. Let me let me update you. All the money for June was going to go to charity. I said, whatever cameos I get, I will turn over and I will donate to a Black Lives Matter type of charity. Well, we only did three cameos, which to me was 45 bucks, even though for some reason, inexplicably, I got $33. I've got a check. I think it's a sales tax issue. I don't fucking know, man. What do I know? I just talking to a goddamn phone. Um, but I, uh, you know, so that, so the way I considered it, I was like, well, three cameos, my take is 15 bucks each. Uh, and so that's 45 bucks. But then in my head, I'm like, well, that's not enough. So I go, well, you know, then the actual one is 60 bucks. That's it. We'll call it $60. Um, and then I went, fuck this. So, you know what I did? I, I just, I made it a hundred bucks and we gave to the GoFundMe for the family of Elijah McLean, who, if you have not heard the story, um, I mean, you can check out the story, but I gotta be honest, just if instead you wanted to trust me when I tell you that it's a good cause and it's something that you can help his family with, uh, that would be fine. If you wanted to go to GoFundMe.com uh, and, and look for Elijah McLean's uh, family, GoFundMe. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I have to be honest. I, like I read this story about what happened, okay? And there's a transcript of... of basically the last things Elijah McClain ever said on earth and you read it and you're just paralyzed. 
you're just terrified because you and and maybe you can do this too i can put myself in mentally in a situation where i'm i'm there i'm elijah mcclain we're all elijah mcclain and i can sit there and the terror he must have felt when these cops were talking to him and he tries to explain himself and he's like i'm different i'm sorry i'm a little different than everybody like he he knows and he must feel inadequate, and so he has to explain he's different. And then they they just fucking, they kill him. They kill him. It's awful. It, it's it's a terrible thing. So 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 whatever. So we gave it 100 bucks. So all the cameos went, and then we kicked in a little more, and we, we rounded up to a nice three figures, and we sent that to the family of Elijah McClain. And it's never enough. It's never going to be enough. Uh, it's never enough for them to receive, and it's never enough for me to give. I, I, it's like, I want to give every dime I have now and will ever have, uh, to that family just because of what I read and what took place. I, I just, it's just awful. So, uh, so there you go. So thank you to everybody who hired me for cameo in the month of June. Uh, we went ahead and I, you know, I made the money and then I, I just kind of doubled it. I mean, I kicked in my own money on top of it because you know what? Fuck that. We, we need to take care of people. So did what we could, but if you want to hire me going forward here in July, you can do just that. Uh, I'm on Cameo right now. Right now. Operators are standing by. It seems weird. Um, now, I will tell you this, too. When you book me for a Cameo, I have, there's seven days. It has a seven-day turnaround. So, you know, sometimes I'm I'm working and I'm twitching and I get a little fried sometimes. If you want something right away, please tell me. That would be that would be helpful because I do it sometimes. I you know I do it three days, five days, whatever. I have a week to get it done, and sometimes people will be like, "Hey man, my birthday's on July fourteenth, and they book it on the third. and you just go, "Oh, okay." So like so you figure that's two weeks away, and so I want to wait to get as close to their birthday as I possibly can. My brain works in strange ways. So my point is, if you book it and you want it right away, tell me because otherwise I I usually wait a couple days to do them. Um, and sometimes I'll have two or, you know, to do in, in, uh, which June we did not, we only had three all month, but sometimes if there's a couple, two or three, then, then, you know, I do them in order clearly. And, and, uh, let me know if you want something done right away, that would be helpful. Um, but cameo is available. You can put it on your phone. Uh, it's the book cameo.com app on your laptop or your regular desktop computer, or you can download cameo onto your phone and scroll through everybody and look at them and go, Jesus, these guys are expensive. Who's cheap. Who can we give $11 to probably Mike Schmidt, right? And I'm there, I'm lurking and I'm ready to do it. So think of me and hire me, please. That'd be fantastic. Um, if you go to Mike Schmidt go to the merchandise page. There's a, uh, an Amazon link that you can use. Yeah, that's right. It's still there. We are affiliates of Amazon. We are helping Jeff Bezos become a, a billion billionaire. I think he has a billion, you know, they'll say like a hundred million dollars or $200 million. I think he has a billion billion dollars, which seems awkward and like that you wouldn't say it like that. Like that would be a trillion, but no, I looked it up. It's a billion billion. That dude's got a billion billion dollars. Um, and we want to be a little part of that, man. So if you're going to go ahead and look, you're ordering on Amazon anyway, right? So do me a favor. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page. Click on the Amazon link. And then, hey, your shop. And it costs you nothing. It costs you the 10 seconds to look up the link. And then you're shopping and we get a cut. And it really helps the show out. Thank you so much for thinking of me, everybody. There are people who do it at work. People who do it at their homes. Uh, people who think and then reach out to me. Thank you so much. Again, like I said, 
if you're going to support the show, this is a very good time because uh, I don't know if you've heard there's a germ floating around and it's ruining everything. So this is a really good time to think of me and use the Amazon link because, like I said, that doesn't cost you anything. You were going to order from Amazon anyway. Just go ahead and find the link, use it, and then we get a taste of it. That's and it takes all of the effort out of out of your hands. You don't have to give a dime. All you got to do is find the link on the Joe. Uh, well, that was the Joe business page. Now it's the merchandise yawning. Hold on. MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page, click on the Amazon link, and then you're shopping, and we get a taste of it. And thank you so much for thinking of me. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. That's the way it works out. It's a three-way, three-headed, symbiotic relationship. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It could not work more perfectly for everyone involved. Think of us. Go to merchandise page on MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Click on the Amazon link. Hey, you're shopping. We're making dough. Everybody's happy. Everybody in the world. Um, really? That seems aggressive, but I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with it. Everybody in the world is happy with you using my link. Uh, what else are there, man? Oh, Patreon. You know, we got a Patreon thing. Uh, if you want to go ahead and use our Patreon link, why wouldn't you? That's not even a link. It's you you sign up to become a Patreon person. Look, people are helping the show. You can help the show too. Why wouldn't you? Don't you want to help the show? Wouldn't you like to help the show too? I think you would. Um, so we've got, uh, well, they actually, before I get into this, let's talk about our other channels. We've got the Twitch channel and the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Twitch.com slash the 40, oops. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Um, go ahead and find those, please. That'd be great. Right now, I'll tell you that Twitch is, uh, uh, we're playing The Last of Us 2. I told you last week. Uh, we're about halfway through, and there's some stuff going on in there that I don't want to get into. I'm going to sneeze. I apologize. I'm going to tell you right now it's coming. And oh, uh, sorry about that. So um, should, I, should I cut that out? Maybe I should. Let's go ahead and write a time code down and see if I should cut. Will I actually cut the sneeze out? Who knows? Um, so, so, this is a very professional show, don't you think? It's funny. I, I There are people like... They, they they go to podcasting studios and record. I'm not even joking. Like there'll be these podcasting studios that you can rent studio time. It's like 50 bucks an hour or whatever the fuck. They'll have a producer, a hundred bucks an hour. I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. I am, I am sneezing into microphones. I'm barely staying afloat. Now I'm glad you guys have stuck with me this long. You know, we've been doing it 12 years here and then a year at never not funny. So 13 years of podcasting. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's uh, we've been doing it. I mean, this is, this is the gig now, but it makes me laugh that they'll have these podcasting studios that have sprung up and they'll be like, you can come and use our air conditioned studios with bottles of water and a producer. And I'm like, Jesus, fuck, you can plug a microphone into your goddamn laptop and talk too. you could do that. You wouldn't have to pay. But I, I don't know, man. What the fuck do I know? Uh, like they do that masterclass thing. You ever see that where they're like Steve Martin teaches you about comedy and all these people have these fucking things that they show you. And I'm like, I should do one of those for podcasting. But the problem is it's supposed to be like an eight-week course. And literally, <laughs> it'll be over in eight seconds. Be like, hey, how you doing? Open up your laptop, plug in your microphone, and talk. That will be $100. Thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. Um, I guess I could tell them about audience engagement and all that bullshit. What the fuck do I know? I mean, you just talk. That's, that's it. That's the secret to the show. The secret of my success. Uh, is that I quote old Night Ranger songs. Clearly, that's the secret of my success on this show. Um, the fuck was I talking about? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, YouTube. So YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy exists. Go look over there at stuff. 
Twitch.tv, we're playing The Last of Us 2. Now, I'll tell you this, we're about halfway through, I think. I thought we were making some headway, but we're, whatever. Um, all right. Uh, I can't tell you, but there's some stuff that happens, and I, I wasn't happy with it. Like, it left me a little cold. And so I kind of bitched about it while I was playing the game and I chased like uh, there was there's a particular listener, our friend Christy. She's lovely. And she was just kind of like, I can't take this anymore. I'm leaving. So she left because I was like, because I didn't understand the twist in the story and it kind of fried my brain. And this game's all about morals and what the fuck. And you'd learn this. And they're trying to teach you lessons. There's you get your comeuppance. And then if you choose violence, there's it, it begets violence, whatever the fuck. So, um. Anyway, so I, I was bitching, man. I wasn't lying. I won't lie because, I mean, all of a sudden there's there's a villain and whatever. So so yesterday I was on Twitter and somebody tweeted someone into my time uh, timeline and I read it. And this woman, it was a woman. I didn't know who the fuck it was. And she's like, hey, uh, just just letting you know that uh, I won't spoil anything, but I'm dealing with this almost every day. And it was a screenshot. So I read her DMs. And it turns out that she's affiliated with the game and she's involved in a plot twist. Again, I can't give it away. And people are writing her and they're like, I'm going to find you and kill your kid. Hey, I'm going to fucking kill you, man. Don't fucking go outside of your fucking house because I'm going to fucking leave you in a fucking pot. Like, I mean, the most angry, vitriolic fucking nonsense over a video game. And and she, you know, she shared it. And I, I, I you know, I read it and I was like, Fuck, man. Like, did I contribute to this? I mean, I didn't contribute to that particular situation. But by being upset or angry about something, was I just as time? To- I'm like, I'm not just as toxic. But was was there any toxicity in what I was saying? Like, because I was just I was disappointed in, in a certain thing. And I kept I kept kind of harping on it. And and I don't want to put that kind of fucking vibe out into the world, especially when I see what this poor girl has to deal with. She's again, she's a voice actress. It's not like she did. She didn't even write the fucking thing. She didn't do anything. But her character does something that people weren't happy about. And so they wrote the worst possible things to her. And and so I got to I got to fucking backtrack. Now, I'll tell you what, one of the best things about these games is you get sucked in, you get involved and uh, in Red Dead, you know, you're you're a bad guy. And in, and in, I mean, you can choose to be a bad guy. You don't have to, but you still got to kill people and stuff. And in this game, the other day, I had to beat somebody to death with a pipe. Like, they made me do it. There was no way out of it. It's not like I could escape or go, well, I don't feel. No, no, you, you had to do it or you couldn't finish this particular scene. So it, it really can play with your head, man. It can fuck with your emotions. I already told you about the giraffes and all that other bullshit. Well, now, man, there's there's just this there's tons of violence. and You have to execute this violence. It's not like you can sneak through and not do anything. You have to kill everybody to clear the fucking way. And and I'll say this, it's it's not a popular opinion and and I'm not ride or dying on it. But I have to admit, man, you know, I'm 52 years old and I look at these games differently. They fuck me up kind of emotionally because I get invested and then I'm sad and I'm looking at it through the prism of real life and my experiences and what the world is like today and all that sort of stuff. And and then I look at it in my brain. I'm like, well, what, what does a 13 year old think when they're playing this fucking game? When they're when they're told they have to murder somebody with a pipe in order to win or they've got to shoot 10 people in the face to get just through an alley or it's. 
and I'm not, you know, oh, music lyrics are making people the devil or I, I, it's none of that shit. But there is a moral quandary. There is a conundrum to be explored by looking at, at the involvement you would have at that development age. And all you're doing is just murdering fucking things on television. Does that lend itself to the people who are so crude and rude online? Like when they write her these notes on the DM or like I said, everybody has fucking irony poisoning where they just laugh at fucking people getting punched in the street or yelling world star. I mean, and I, I, you know, I'm not fucking Bob fix the world. All right. I'm not, I, I'm, and I'm not saying ban video games or any of that shit, but but maybe there is a discussion there. And look, it's it's incumbent upon parents. That's that's your bottom line. Parents have to constantly be involved in children's lives and realize what they're doing and what they're exposed to. And if your kid's been raised right, a video game's not going to fuck them up. You know, my godson is, is, you know, Dave's a fucking amazing father. Kristen's a fantastic mom. And Val's a fucking genius. And he plays violent video games. They play Call of Duty. He plays with his dad. And they laugh because they recognize it's a video game. But if you're some latchkey kid who's left to his own devices and you got to beat people to death with a pipe all the fucking time while you're eating crusts of bread. I mean, that's got to fuck with your head a little bit, right? Without any sort of parental supervision or guidance, you just kind of slip away morally. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, again, I think it's a discussion to be had and I'm not blaming video games. I'm not blaming songs or music or anything like that shit. But, but I have to admit you know, if, if this game is getting to me like this, and then I see that people are writing her notes like that. Uh, that's powerful stuff, you know, because this is, you know, you watch a movie and and you watch it for two hours and it affects you and it, it's art and you absorb it and you process it and it makes you cry or it makes you sad or it makes you happy. That's two hours. This video game, I've been playing it now for 28 hours. I'm not even close to done or 20, 25 hours, 25 hours, I think. So in the end, I'm going to play this thing for at least 40 to 45 hours of choices where I have to decide whether to keep somebody alive and then choices that are made for me. No, you've got to fucking kill everybody in the room. And it, uh, I won't lie, man, it wears you out. Like I took a break yesterday. I didn't play. I played puzzles (laughs) and I'm not playing today. Saturday, I'm taking the fourth off. Um, I'll be back at it again tomorrow. So come and join me. I know that sounds crazy, but come join me on the Twitch channel and watch this incredibly violent and moralistic game. The last of us Two. Uh, it's fucking crazy, amazing, realistic, and fun. But, uh, I think, I think there's a discussion to be had quite frankly, but you know, that's another time people, people can have, I don't have any kids. The fuck do I know? You know what? I hope all your kids watch it and they're all great. I hope everybody's fantastic. (laughs) So subscribe though. Follow or subscribe to the channel, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. And then you can come watch me play the game and you can decide for yourself. See if it's good, bad, or indifferent, whatever you want to fucking do. Come and join me. That'd be great. Um, so that's Twitch and YouTube. Oh, and then I want, so here's what I wanted to do. Let's talk about Patreon, man. We got the Patreon page. And as I've said, and I've stated it before, if you're going to help this show, this is a good time, you know, because right now I, things are a bit of a coin flip and stuff. I think Uber is starting to emerge from its slumber here, but they've kind of cut the rates a lot. And also they've worked out this thing where like when you drive somebody, you know, the whole point with Uber is you're trying to chain together rides. 
So what, ideally, you'll do two or three hours of rides and you'll never have the car empty. You'll constantly be chaining rides together. But now they want you to drop somebody off and then get out of your car and sterilize the back seat with Lysol and Febreze. They want you to clean your car, the inside of your car, after every single drive. Now, do I want to do that for my own safety? Certainly. But would I prefer to rather not expose myself to anybody or their germs? Absolutely. And also, if I'm going to go out and drive people and then every time I drive somebody, I have to pull over and clean the car, I'm not going to make any fucking money. You're literally going to cut your money at least, at the very least, by a third. And I told you when I was doing it before, they had already cut it because there were so many people and they'd cut the rates. So it doesn't look like it's a real money-making proposition anymore. Maybe they boosted the rates now. I don't know. I've been following along. I contact them every week, send them a note to see you know what, they, what they've done, what the changes are they've made, whatever the fuck, trying to have a dialogue. Um, anyway, the bottom line is it's a good time to help the show. So if you want to become a patron at Patreon, that would be a good thing. Patreon.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You know who became a patron this week? Why, it's our good friend Casey Bills. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, doesn't he help you out by doing all the YouTube stuff? He does. And so then I said, well, why are you becoming a patron? I should be, you know, I, I should be kicking you money all the time for doing the YouTube stuff. He's like, I like helping the show. And uh, as you always say, if you're going to help, now's a good time. So I'm going to help. And... uh it never ceases to amaze me, the generosity of all of you out there. Thank you so much for thinking of me and helping me. And Casey's been around from the fucking beginning. He saw me at my show. He, he was there the night I met my ex. He was there in Wisconsin at that show. And he can tell you about how I had a whole group of people that I went to high school with. Uh, one of them I went to high school thrown out because they wouldn't shut the fuck up. He could tell you that when I took the stage, I looked out and I froze for a good fucking five seconds because I locked eyes with uh, who turned out to be a very important person in my life. And then I was my ex. It was, I froze and he was there to see it. Had breakfast with me the next morning. Uh, he and Andrea are amazing and good friends. And I'm glad that they're a part of my life. And he, he's helping me out on Patreon. He doesn't have to. I told him that. And, uh, and he doesn't care. He wants to help the show. So thank you. I appreciate it very much, Casey. Thank you for thinking of me. And also, if you go to the MikeSchmidtComedy.com website, in the upper left-hand corner, now look, you're going to use the merchandise page to go click on the link of Amazon and go ahead and do that, right? Of course you are. But if you want to go ahead and use the PayPal link to help the show, you can do that too. In the upper left-hand corner of virtually every page of the website, you'll find a little Schmitty with his pocket out. It says donate. You can click on that and start a monthly donation, or you can just send money uh, a one-time affair, which, uh, which I was very lucky this week in three people went ahead and sent me something. Uh, our good friend, Scott Metzinger. Thank you so much, Scott. I appreciate you stepping up. I owe you a note. I will write you a note to thank you as well, but I want to thank you here on the show. Thank you so much for thinking of me and sending me a PayPal note and uh, telling me to keep up the good work, which is um, when I know that people are listening, it really makes me happy. And, and so for him to reference that made me happy. Uh, Hannah Frostman, who's our good friend in London, England right now, our good friend, Hannah Frostman reached out, helped me. And, uh, and she's, you know, she and I talk, we're friends and I know, and, and she, you know, she got a little extra at work. She got a bonus at work and she thought of me and that is astonishing. I, I, you don't have to do that. And I wrote her and I go, you don't have to do this. I'll send it back. I mean, cause I, everybody, every time somebody sends me something, I'm like, I'll send this back if you want. And they're like, I know I'm fine. Um, so Scott Metzinger, thank you so much for thinking of me and telling me to keep up the good work and I will try. And Hannah Frostman, of course, you know, I love you. And thank you so much for thinking of me and the show and reaching out and helping me out. And uh, and 
all the way from Canada. You know, I mentioned that I have people in Canada who are friendly and nice and help me out and enjoy the show. And I'm and we now we have a new person we could put on the list. Uh, it's our good friend Jan Gretzky. And I know you're like, what? Jan Gretzky? Is she related to the and then the but wait a second. Um, let me you know, did she want me to call her by her name? Let me see what she said here. Uh, let's see. I think Jan Gretzky. Yeah, well, let's let's just stick with that. I don't want to go because uh, whatever the fuck, I, I shouldn't be giving last names anyway, but the very nice and talented and lovely Jan Gretzky, uh, thought of me and, and I appreciate that very much, Jan, you're the best. Uh, and next time I'm in Canada, I will see you and, and we will have fun every, I will be there and I may never leave who the fuck knows. I will go there. I will stay there and I will never leave the goddamn country. Once they open up this prison, they, uh, that they call America, I'll be able to head North and, and beat a hasty fucking retreat. Uh, so Jan Gretzky, thank you so much for thinking of me. Hannah Frostman. Thank you so much for thinking of me and Scott Metzinger, uh, Scott and Hannah have been around for a long time. Jan's been listening for a long time too, but this is, this is the first time she's ever reached out. Uh, and it was great to hear from her. So I'm glad. So thank you so much, Jan, for thinking of me, Hannah, Scott, uh, KC for becoming a patron of Patreon Anybody who supports the show, everybody who listens, everybody who downloads, anybody who shares it with anybody, uh, that's important too. If you get other people on board, you get people listening and stuff like that, it's always cool. Um, you know, every week it's 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 turned into what it's turned into. Uh, I'd much prefer being out and doing cool things and coming in to tell you stories uh, instead of constantly rehashing the fact that this planet is burning to the fucking ground and we have to watch it. It was a hundred degrees in Siberia yesterday. What the fuck is that all about? Fucking dude, Russia. What a fucking nightmare Russia is. I read this thing this week, Putin, I guess you know, he won his election that, and now he's the president until 2036, if I read it correctly. So he's now the president for the next 16 fucking years. And then I read how he got to be president. Yeltsin was president. And then there were these apartment bombings and Putin was the head of the fucking secret police. And then it turns out they were probably false flags inside jobs in order for Putin to get the fucking country so they can go into Chechnya. And then Yeltsin quit. And then Putin immediately pardoned him because he had a bunch of shit fucking. I, and look, I shouldn't even talk about this because then every, everybody who tries to report on this stuff gets murdered. They get tossed out of a building. They get poisoned. There's some polonium that gets rubbed under their fucking nose. You know, like a. It's just brutal. Like like in Science of the Lambs and the dude puts the white stuff in his nostrils because they're going to open up the fucking bag with the goddamn Frederica Bimmel floating around in it. Well, sure enough, these fucking dudes are getting polonium rubbed into their goddamn nose and taking a swan dive off the top of a hotel because Putin doesn't fuck around. And here I am talking about it. Why? I'm going to wind up dead. But I guess they're blowing up apartment buildings, but then there was one that didn't blow up and they found a bomb and it turned out to be like the government bombs. And dude, I read, I went into a deep ass fucking red Russian hole this week and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then, so Russia's a fucking mess. And then I read this fucking Mongolia, dude, Mongolia has closed the Russian border because they caught two dudes. I caught them, they, but they've picked up two dudes who have the black plague. I'm going to pause right there. The fucking Black Plague. Are you kidding me? The motherfucking bubonic plague. Is the, look, it's 2020. We've had murder horns. We've had a fucking goddamn thing. we got Trump. we got all this. But, dude, the fucking bubonic plague. That's some, that's some wheelbarrow hunchback bring out your dead shit, right? And now it's fucking out there. Now we're going to have all these people with the bubonic plague, or at least two of them now in my If there's anything I like 
like more than me It's people who like me I love me But if you love me I love you Cause you know why We both love me How great am I Let's talk about that for a while And by a while I mean forever Podcast! Podcast!